everybody. Welcome to the See Me After Class podcast. Episode 40. Here we go. It's a Let's address the elephant in the room, shall we? It's a sad day. It's a very sad day. Sad times for everyone. Especially me. Machinima is gone, people. It's gone forever. The 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 place where gaming and entertainment collide <laughs> is gone forever. What are we gonna do, guys? Um, so I'd like to have a moment of silence for this terrific company who's made n- nothing but good decisions. Where where did it go wrong, guys? Okay, so I I know. Everyone uh, is just as sad to see Machinima go as I am. So, a moment of silence, please. Are you closing your eyes? You got to close them. You have to pray. Pray for Machinima and all its wonderful staff and management who does no wrong. Okay, here we go. Close your eyes. Ah, fuck it. Anyway. So Machinima's gone. Why? What was it? Oh fuck! There's they took so many wrong turns. What was the deal breaker? I wonder. There's a bit of confusion because they they were acquired by Warner Brothers, <clears throat> and then they were acquired. They fell under this company called Otter media which i thought was a subset of warner brothers maybe i'm wrong about that and um i recently found out that rooster teeth belongs to the same family like machinima and rooster teeth are under the same umbrella or you know machinima's apparently machinima has now dissolved as a corporate entity but the fact that rooster teeth was under the same family as them and under the overall Warner Brothers umbrella kind of explains why uh, they weren't too eager to email me back when I had emailed Rooster Teeth for advice on the situation I was having with my show. And uh, uh, it sucks, you know? It's what happens when you get too big, too successful. You go corporate and then you make a big deal with someone like Warner Brothers. And I know I'll never work for Warner Brothers because the amount of times I've shit on them (laughs) on my podcast. But rightly so. I mean, fuck. They bought Machinima with no understanding of it. Machinima was created with no understanding of the medium. No understanding of its history. You guys saw that poster, right? That, like like edgelord gamer with that 90s inner logo hoodie that he was wearing 
at the bottom it says the intersection of gaming and entertainment <laughs> or where gaming and entertainment collide or something like that where gaming and entertainment collide as if they're mutually exclusive what are you thinking machinima come on anyway uh let me bring up my list of things here i got a bunch of material got a bunch of stories to tell such as my uh my adventures in employment in seeking employment you guys will get a kick out of some of that some of it's pretty funny um a lot of people are asking for my take on machinima and uh you know going down and i was just like what's what's to say that hasn't been said already you know what i mean like they fucking suck and now they're gone <laughs> because they suck so bad and people on twitter are telling me like uh like uh i, d I don't care uh how shitty they are like i have such a nostalgia for that company because like i grew up watching their stuff on their channel when they first came about and i get that but uh i gotta say the feeling is not mutually exclusive i'm quite happy to watch them go down in fucking flames <laughs> like the hindenburg Let me look at, uh, let me look at, uh, my list of things. How are you guys doing? Is there anything, is there any pressing issues I should be getting to right away? What do you guys want to talk about? I've got a bunch of stuff written here. I can go through my list. Should I just read bullet points off my list here and then we can decide on a thing everyone wants me to say the n-word why that's the conspiracy of my whole career is to just uh say the n-word i'm gonna say the n-word no don't do it no yes <laughs> i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it and there's nothing you can do to stop me <laughs> employment yeah i'll get to that yeah uh i i have at least one black guy who watches my podcast so and he gave me the n-word pass so i can say it if i want to i'm gonna say it you guys i'm gonna say it you think you can stop me <laughs> <clears throat> um so what have i got here on my list uh, i want to talk a bit about patreon uh sending job applications um an alternative to patreon possibly uh adam auditions the fact that kale isn't doing adam's voice anymore um what else do 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 some of the interviews I went for. 
for like potential jobs, which were just disasters. <laughs> so I thought I'd talk about them on here. Um, what else? Sus, I wanted to give some m perhaps brief movie reviews. I saw Venom. I thought that was a piece of shit. <laughs> it was okay. But uh, definitely needed a lot of work. Mary Poppins, I saw that. thought it was great. Um, is that allowed? Am I allowed to like Mary Poppins? Please get off your phone. I'm looking at my list of stuff. Butthole. Um, I want to talk about all these fucking job postings that advertise the fact that they have 50-50 male-female representation in their staff. Um, I want to talk about socialism and politics. Politics, yes. We're, this, that's what this entire episode is about, really. We're going to be talking about politics for hours. Hours and hours and hours. So I hope you guys are comfortable. Ah, politics. Everybody's favorite subject. Um, uh, I got a story about a, sec a security guard at a store I was in who wouldn't stop staring at me. Because I guess he was fixated on the idea that I was going to steal something. And I got annoyed. Um, uh, those Boston Dynamics robots doing parkour now. Fuck that. Am I right? Um, oh yeah, postmodernism. So the first five hours of this podcast will be politics and the la the latter five hours will be, uh, all postmodernism. We're going to get really in depth. <laughs> Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, I want to talk about uh, hedonism and moral relativism in today's society. Um, the fact that post-birth abortion is okay now, <laughs> which is like, what? I must have missed the memo on that. Um, some a fan of mine emailed me a quiz that I, I've been saying for months that I would do on this stream. And, uh, if I can find it, we'll do that. It's some kind of like bingo card thing. And then each square is like a trope of the podcast. I can't remember how it is exactly, but I'll, I'll see if I can find the email. Um... I got my car serviced and I got ripped off and I had to get ugly with the, the guy behind the desk. That wasn't pleasant, but it makes for a pretty funny story. Um, what else? Hmm. The continued anti-white Semitism. 
or and anti-white sentiment. That's that's what I might sense. What did I say? Sense. I can't even remember what fucking word I just made up there. <clears throat> anti-white sentiment. If you're a, if you're a white male, you're a bad person, and you should feel bad. Um. I want to talk about uh, pussies shutting down and refusing to debate. Um, and this this twisted fucking idea that free speech means that if you silence someone, that's you exercising your right to free speech, which is just so fucking retarded. I bet I can't say retarded anymore. That's mean. Sorry. I'm sorry if you're retarded and <laughs> you got offended. <laughs> um, what else we got here? Uh, more job stuff. I'll get into that. Um, maybe we'll talk a bit more about Machinima's channel erasure if I can think of some details. Uh, I want to talk about Rogan talking to Jack Dorsey on his podcast. You guys saw that, right? He's the CEO of Twitter. And then Joe got a bunch of shit because he didn't grill Jack hard enough on why conservative types were being banned off the platform. And, uh... Oh, yeah, and some guy on Twitter, like... I've been asking, like, I've been asking fans uh, who have, like, when my show was unavailable, right? Um, when, like, I didn't have permission to re-upload it, and Machinima had made all their stuff private. This was before they deleted everything. They just made everything private. A bunch of people were uploading my show on their channel. And now that I received permission from Machinima, when I when I initially received permission from Machinima over the phone, that was to upload seasons three. I mean, they gave me permission to upload the whole show, but the the condition for seasons one and two was that I had to redo all the music because of copyright infringement, uh, for obvious reasons. And. Um, They seemed worried that, like, I was really confused by that because I'm like, if do, if there's a problem, won't they come to me? Because it's my channel and y your logo will be blurred out. So, like, what's it got to do with you at this point? But they seemed insistent on the idea that if, if I was going to get in trouble for, if I was going to upload those without doing the music over, then it was them that was going to get in trouble because apparently these shady media conglomerates were coming after Machinima specifically because they were an MCN, a multi-channel network. And then they were they were basically saying, well, you, you've been hosting this content with this music in it for X amount of years and the fee for that, the usage of that music has been accumulating all this time. So like, here's the bill, basically. And it's some ridiculous fucking number. And um... I'm uploading my uh, original seasons one and two now on my channel. 
one because machinima as a corporate entity has dissolved uh, to my knowledge and um i'm just one guy so i don't think they're gonna penal if they were to like come at me if they had a problem i don't think they would penalize me as if i were an mcn uh i think the worst they would do to me is just either restrict viewership on restrict viewing on the videos or just demonetize them which is more likely i think i i expect one or two of them might be blocked from viewing Arby and the Chief, the movie, has already been blocked worldwide from viewing. I uploaded it. I created a thumbnail for it. I made the metadata for it. But uh, nobody's allowed to see it because of all the music in it. I don't know what track did it specifically, but uh, there's some track in there that's blocked worldwide. And so <clears throat> if I'm going to make that available, then I'm going to have to... That's one I'm going to have to remaster the audio on. But uh, the uh, seasons one and two so far, uh, they've only been demonetized. If that, there's a f there's a few of them that have no restriction. So I was just like, whatever, okay. I'll monetize those ones until YouTube tells me I can't, and then if they turn that off, that's fine. I don't really care. Um, as long as they can be viewed, that's all I care about. And. Um, and so I asked people on Twitter, uh, if you know how to reach the people who have been uploading, like, fan uploads of my shows, can you please tell them to, like, uh, remove their uploads? They don't have to delete them, but just, like, unlist them, you know, because they're killing my views. And the fact is I could really use that traffic because I'm, tr I'm trying to fucking... I'm trying to dig my channel out of this fucking hole that it's been in ever since, like, I switched over to Machinima, right? Like, I used to upload videos directly to my channel, and then I went to Machinima, and I worked with them for five years. And then, uh, and now I'm going back to my channel, and I'm trying to make it successful, but so many people think I'm fucking dead or whatever, you know? Because, oh, Machinima's not around anymore, so... Therefore, John must be rotting in the deep, cold ground. <laughs> and um, this one guy on Twitter said uh, he wrote, I mean, fair enough, it was one guy, but <laughs> that's all it took to piss me off. He was like, uh, my views, seriously? And I was like, what? It's my show. Come on, man. Like, you don't think I should get the traffic? Like, what is this, a free-for-all grab where, like, whoever uploads my show first gets the views? Like, give me a fucking break. It's not that I'm even copy-striking these guys. I'm just asking nicely, you know? I'm reaching out to them over DMs or however I can find them, saying, hey, would you mind removing your uploads? Because, like, I, I have permission to upload my show now, and... I'm really grateful for what you did, making the show available when it wasn't available. And, uh, it's like, why do I have to argue <laughs> to get traffic for my own show that I made? It's so fucking dumb. It's like, oh, somebody else uploaded it. It's too late. Too bad. Too bad. No. 
No, John, you can't have views for your show that you made. I, di I didn't realize we were on a communist view system. <clears throat> Welcome to, to, to communist YouTube. John, you, you think just because you make content, you should get a view? <laughs> Why not everybody get a view? Not, not everybody can make content like you. Every, hum every human being is special. Every human being deserves view. So wh wh why not everybody get a view? Then then ev everybody happy. Then everybody have smile on face like this. <laughs> this this is Russian smile. <laughs> it's like come on, man. But it was one guy, so I can't be too sore about it. But that's all it takes, you know? I fucking hate Twitter. God damn it, it sucks. It sucks so hard. It's like... Like I was saying before, it's just like a... It's like a permanent online log of reactionary bitter comments. You know? That are just there forever for everyone to screen cap. You know? And make you make you look like a total fucking asshole ten years down the line when your when your career's at the peak of success. Look at what he tweeted ten years ago. Oh shit. Oh. Oh. And uh Everyone's like, Oh, you still think Twitter sucks, John, even though you use it so much now? I'm like, yeah. Twitter fucking sucks. And I remember listening to Jack on uh, Jack Dorsey on Twitter's uh, or J Joe Rogan's podcast. They were talking about they were talking about uh, Twitter. And uh, Jack was being like all sentimental about its roots. You know, it's like it's like you know, it just started with me and a bunch of friends who just like we're making a platform for us. We wanted to keep each other up to date on what we were doing and we didn't want to be tethered to our computers. And then it's it spiraled into this huge fucking thing. And I sympathize with him to a degree, you know? I mean, I'm not I I don't like the banning people and deplatforming people and shit based on what they're they're saying. But uh I, I get, I can understand the, pr the in intense pressure someone like that must be feeling, you know, to like, to just be creating this thing with you and your friends and then it spirals into this giant Silicon Valley entity, you know, where all of a sudden you're the CEO of this massive corporation that controls a software platform that has an immense effect on how society operates, you know. And that, that feeling of no matter what step in whatever direction you take, you're going to have people that are so pissed off, you know. Even besides that, just the fact that you take one step in any direction and it's going to heavily influence the way society operates going forward. That's an intense amount of pressure, man. 
I wouldn't wish that on anybody, you know, but these people like him find themselves in this position and they can't, like, what are they supposed to do? Resign? And then someone's inevitably going to, inevitably going to take over. And what are they going to do with it? You know, maybe not what you were going to, or what you were thinking of doing or what they're going to do something that you didn't think was the right way to go about it. You know? So it's like, do I really want to hand, I, mean, I don't want this power, but I, do I really want to hand it over to someone else? Do they understand what the power is that they're dealing with? You know? So I think he feels stuck, you know, and I sympathize with that. Um, but apparently, uh, like after, after Joe got shit on for not grilling Jack hard enough on the censorship thing, he then said he was going to have Jack back on his podcast and he was going to, he was going to question them in much more detail and like bring up very specific popular cases which is like, that's that's great, you know. Good good for him. Good for both of them, you know. I mean, at least Jack came on. So many of these fucking assholes are like cowards who won't even like, you know, they won't even offer to come and talk to someone like Joe to like set the record straight, or like, or even if it's total bullshit. Like at least he came on the podcast and and talked, you know, and extracted something out of him, even if it wasn't much. You know, at least he's willing to come on the show. And Joe is in a difficult position as well, because like if he's if he's the type of guy who's like if Jack knew that Joe was the was the type to like grill him incessantly on these issues, then he might not have even come on in the first place. So it's like to a degree, I think everybody needs to be grateful that that a conversation like that can happen, you know, on his podcast in the first place. Um. I don't know how to feel about it, man. I still hate Twitter. Uh, and I hate I hate censorship. And I hate people being deplatformed for just saying true things. You know? Or they don't even have to be true. But, the, like, if, like, if something's untrue but the person saying them thinks they're true, then should that person be censored? Well, that, you know... I don't think so. I think that person should be heard, and but then somebody else has the freedom to correct that person, you know? And then anything announced online or written online can can either thrive or deteriorate based on its own merit, you know? And not because another group is silencing another group, you know? Anyway. So that was an interesting podcast. I'm looking forward to listening to Jack again if he comes back on Rogan. Um, I know there's been super chats. I'll get to them later. Um, some people are talking about tossers. I should mention my sweater. You guys like my sweater? So this is my prototype tosser sweater that I made. I, I posted this on Twitter already. I posted photographs. You guys can see that text, right? It's got the badge in the upper upper left. There is no virtue more worthy of signaling than being a tosser. And the way these are colored, it kind of makes its own sentence, virtue signaling tosser, which I thought was pretty cool. Not everybody thinks so. That's okay. Um, I'd like to thank people for 
really for really useful criticism over the past few weeks criticism such as yikes and cringe and uh what was the other one i'd rather blow my brains out than wear that shirt in public that was really useful criticism um you look like a meth addict that was another good one it's a lot a lot of criticism to use there you know for uh, improving the design and look i get it okay not everyone likes it and i was looking at designs on like i was looking at more designs on like spreadshirt and uh, other t-shirt services and i was looking at the designs other people had uploaded and i was thinking about it more and i was like i get it like there's too much text and my design could really use a bunch of work you know and uh and so i did alter the design so my i actually have a store online now imaginative logo merch if you go to my website imaginativelogo.com there's a there's a merch page now and uh embedded on the merch page is the spreadshirt store spreadshirt is the thing i i partnered with the service i partnered with so this sweater is from spread spreadshirt they did the print i'm not saying the design is good okay but i'm what i'm saying is the print is quality it's a it's a quality print it hasn't flaked off it's showing no signs of deterioration yet it's solid and i really like the material of this they don't have this sweatshirt in stock in particular uh, anymore but that might change um i was considering teespring because they had like they already have this partnership with youtube where it's integrated into youtube's interface but i was looking at the products teespring had to offer and i wasn't really satisfied with them the look of the material it just looked like super generic american apparel style like hoodies with the white strings like i'm i'm just kind of sick of that same you know look and material and fabric over and over again so i i don't i looked at i looked at other sh uh services including spreadshirt and spreadshirt was the one i decided on um if you do order from spreadshirt uh it may take a while to receive your order i know the the this delivery came from china so it took a while i think it took like eight weeks or something like that but it did arrive and i am really happy with it i do love this sweater and uh in hindsight i'm not a huge fan of the design but you know that's my fault for not knowing how to design t-shirts i'll show you the back too There's a delay on the video, so I don't know if you can see that. I'm watching it now. Yeah, so it says Elite Internet Police Force, and then you got the acronym on the side there, Terms of Service Enforcement and Response Squad. And uh, fuck you. I like it. I like this shirt. It's comfy. Anyway, uh, I, re I revamped the design, and the revamped design is the one that's available on... Uh, my store so it's just I really simplified it so it's just the badge 
And then the acronym, Terms of Service Enforcement and Response Squad. And for the new text, I used a monospace font. What I mean by that is the pixel width of each individual character is the same. So, like, all the letters line up perfectly. So, which which works much better for the purposes of... Uh, for the purpose of this shirt, because, like, you know how each separate word of terms of service enforcement and response squad is on a separate line? Well, now all the all the letters line up perfectly, so. Um, I think it looks all right, and if, but if you do want to adjust the design, or, God forbid, you want it, you want to make your shirt look like this abomination that I'm wearing right now, I also made a page on my website. Uh, on the goodies page, you'll find all the... I uploaded all my... Uh, what's the file format? PNG files that I created. In the process of making a shirt, I came up with several different like designs for like text and the badge. So I uploaded those all to my website, and you can just download them straight off there. And before you buy a thing on Spreadshirt, it'll let you customize it yourself if you want to make tweaks to it. So you can, uh, you can adjust the position of the design that's already on there by default, or you can upload additional designs. So you can even, like, something you create yourself in Photoshop, if you're into that sort of thing, you can upload your own thing, or uh, you can download the assets that I've made available on my website. It's up to you. Um, so, yeah, there you go. I've got a shirt now, and uh, if that's, that's a way of supporting me if you guys are interested in that. If you want to grab a shirt, you can go on there. So there you go. Um, what should I talk about next? What should I talk about? What are you guys talking about? How'd you get around the copyright of the emblem being from Halo? I'm not really worried about that, to be honest, because, like, people upload shirt... I see shirt designs all the time with, co with uh, trademarked logos and characters and designs and fonts on them so and and this is just it's a very simple generic design you know and i i drew this is this wasn't the badge wasn't just pulled from the web either like i drew this from scratch in adobe illustrator like i drew the shapes and then i put a rust effect on it so um i mean if 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 Microsoft or whatever wants to get in touch with me and says you can't do that anymore, then fine, I'll, I'll pull it off the store. But uh, I don't think they will. I don't think they care. What's it like living on the spectrum? Ha ha ha, that's so funny. I have autism. Ha ha ha. Autism's hilarious. Ha ha ha. John, I'll get away with it, Graham. <laughs> That's me. Talk about alcohol, what you like to drink, and how frequently you... I don't drink a lot. I got this stomach problem. And uh, drinking beer just makes me gassy, expands my stomach, and then, and then I f feel a lot of grief in my abdomen. I'm getting an endoscopy in March. We'll see what's going on in my stomach, and I might need to get surgery. We'll see. I don't know yet. J 
John, can we get a link to the store? Just imaginativelogo.com slash merch. It's that easy. I mean, just go to imaginativelogo.com. You'll see it in the menu there. Do I have to type it out? God damn it, this chat is retarded. All right, what should I talk about next? Uh, fuck. You guys want to hear about my uh, adventures and employment? We can talk about that next. Or Venom? I don't have a lot to say on Venom. I just, I remember I saw the movie and uh, I wasn't impressed with it by the end. It started off really shitty and then the middle was like entertaining and then it ended really shitty. You know? Oh yeah, and Black Panther. What did I say? What did I tell you guys? The Black Panther was going to get nominated for Best Picture. Did I not say that? Now look. And it's like, does it really deserve Best Picture? Really? I mean, it was a good movie. I liked it. But do you guys think Black Panther deserves a Best Picture nomination? I don't think so. Give me a fucking break. It's got black people in it. Therefore, it's the best picture ever. What, Whatever is the most socially important movie. The, the most important socio-political movie. That's what gets the... And, and what... The thing that deems importance is whichever way the wind is fucking blowing, you know, the socio-political wind. And right now it's about, you know, minority empowerment and and uh, and so Black Panther is a perfect vehicle for that. Therefore, it should win all the awards. <clears throat> and it's getting like a free screening because of it's Black History Month or something like that. It's like you think Black Panther is the first example of like black people being showcased in cinema. What about that movie? Uh, what fuck? What was it? A Night to Remember. The one with Sidney Poitier. Am I thinking of the right one? I can't remember. There's so many other examples of like good movies starring black people that aren't Black Panther. Well, because it's Marvel, all, that that makes it the real starting point because it's a fucking superhero movie. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Blade. What about Blade? I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about Marvel movies and a black lead being showcased, why not fucking Blade? But no, Black Panther gets the Best Picture nomination because it talks about slavery. As if black people were the only slaves throughout history. There's such an ignorance towards history, you know? 
yeah, black people were given dealt a really shit hand. So was everyone else throughout history. You know? All right, so let's let's talk about um employment. I'll get to I'll get to super chats in a bit. I'm trying to focus right now and there's stuff to talk about. So um this whole th- this th- stupid fucking thing with Patreon now where uh it's um Patreon has become well known for deplatforming uh certain conservative voices. And uh it really it really peaked with uh Sargon of Akkad getting kicked off there. Um his page was deleted, but uh he's not even gonna he's not on there anymore and he has no intent to go back on there if even if they allowed him. I don't know what he's doing now. I don't know what his uh, alternative revenue option is, but um but uh I am not in support of what Patreon's doing. And so I would like to get off it at some point. Um I mean, I would like to I would like to move over to an alternative now. But the problem right now is there is really no alternative to Patreon that isn't or couldn't be guilty of the same thing you know because like paypal has been known to do the same thing where they deactivate the ability for certain voices particularly on the right to receive transactions through paypal so it's like i i feel like patreon is getting really demonized for this sort of thing in particular when they're all kind of doing the same thing it's just like Patreon is in the spotlight right now. And so like if not Patreon, what do you move to? Right? Cuz there is Subscribestar, but then as soon as people went to Subscribestar, they felt they fell under attack. And S- Subscribestar isn't nearly as successful as Patreon. It, it lacks that s- lacks staff and infrastructure. And as soon as that progressive movement gets on top of them like they they lack the ability to resist right so they'll just cave to the whims of these politically correct types who demand that uh hate speech will not be tolerated right but there's and there's this stupid fucking idea that if you are in favor of free speech you are also in favor of hate speech and it is true that if you allow free speech you also allow hate speech. But that doesn't mean you you are in favor of hate speech. The problem, the problem, okay, is that if you let any one person or organization define what hate speech is, it inevitably goes corrupt. You can't let any fucking one person decide what hate speech is. You know what I mean? So it's a necessary evil that comes with free speech. That's the point. And... I had this guy message me over Patreon saying, uh, 
hey, are you sure you want to like leave Patreon just because of this Sargon thing? And then like he wrote a bunch of texts shitting on Sargon about how he wasn't a good good guy after all. I still like him. I think he's a cool guy. I don't I don't understand the problem that people have with him. Um, but it's not really about him. What it's about, essentially, is Patreon overstepping its bounds from being a financial escrow to policing the content that it's that is on its platform. You know, all of a sudden they're saying what's okay and what's not okay to be on their platform when that's not their job. Right. I mean, I think I think I had this argument on Twitter with a guy like they were as a corporate entity. As a private company, they reserve the right to do that. But that doesn't make it a good idea. Right? And it doesn't mean you can't be mocked for doing that. It's like how I'm mocking game police with the tossers thing. Right? I mean, it's... It's... it's if a, if a private company has the right to police what's on their platform, but that doesn't mean they should, you know? But then, you know, am I saying that because you shouldn't, that you can't? I mean, if you can, but you're just going to get shit on for it endlessly, then could that be considered being bullied into not policing your platform? You know what I mean? It's a fucking... It's a tricky argument. I don't have the fucking answers. I don't know what to do. It sucks, man. It's so confusing. And, uh... And so I've been looking into Patreon alternatives, but... I'm not seeing any except for whatever the IDW and Peterson's working on. You guys are familiar with that, right? Apparently they're looking for a permanent crowdfunding alternative to Patreon that avoids all the censorship issues. You know? And I really hope it's it it becomes what they claim it's going to be. And I think as soon as that comes up, then I would gladly move over to that service. But uh, in the meantime, I've decided to uh, to seek alternative revenue streams. And so I've been submitting job applications. And um, it's not it's not just because of that whole free speech issue as well. I mean, the fact is that I've been taking a shitload of time making episode 13. It's turning out really well. I'm really happy with it so far. I'm excited to put it out. I'm almost done. I've been working on it the past couple weeks. And uh, I've got some more gameplay to shoot tonight. And it's almost done, and I'll be doing a live stream of the reveal when it's done. Um, but I I really felt terrible the last time I did this podcast. I still I still feel shitty about it, about how people have been waiting months, and they've su- been supporting me all this time. And everyone's just like, where the fuck is the new episode? Come on. And, uh... Uh... I have been working on it hard and it's it's a it's a feature length thing it's like a movie and I need more time with it but 
I do agree with people that I have been taking too long with it. And so it's been making me sick with anxiety, you know? I described it last time as like running on a treadmill and then you get off and you're exhausted but you haven't really gotten anywhere. It's not exactly like that because I, I obviously have made progress on the episode. It's getting there. It's almost done. But it, that's it's that general sort of feeling, you know, where it's like I feel like I'm working endlessly on this thing and I've got nothing to show for it. I mean, the, the idea of not getting anywhere from A to B, like that's that's more from the fans' perspective, you know, where they've been supporting me month to month. And then it's like, okay, X amount of months have gone by. Like, where is it? We're not seeing anything. And uh, and so I was feeling really distraught. And uh, I decided it would be good if I had something uh, part-time, maybe even full-time, that I can do as a job. And then I would come home and use my spare time to work on the show. And... If if I don't feel like working on the show, it's okay. And I don't have to charge anybody who's supporting me. But if I do want to work on the show, then that's okay too. And more often than not, that would be the case. You know? I just feel, I feel kind of stuck. You know? And without... Uh, without an additional revenue stream, I feel like... I, I can't really... I feel like I'm I've just been coasting, you know? Like I I earn enough to live, but not enough to really save. Like I want I've been wanting to get a new editing PC for months now and I feel like I just I still I can't save enough to get one. And uh I want to be able to buy a new editing PC and just save money in general, you know? Feel like I'm accumulating long term for the future and the way the way I've been doing things that just hasn't been happening so uh, I've been putting out job applications looking for something and uh, the first thing I well I, I sent a shitload of applications but the first response I got was from a sales agency that's right John Graham applied for a sales job. And uh, I had some sales experience working as a teenager in a supermarket in the electronics department. I didn't hate that. I really liked the people I worked with. Um, and uh, how did that go? They responded to me. They asked me to come in for an interview. And I did that. And I, I walked in. And uh, I was sitting in the waiting room. And I could hear in the back room. Like this woman who was shouting. At presumably like a an audience of salesmen. And I was like oh fuck. Like if I get this job. I'm going to be in there. Listening to that. You know, and it was like, it reminded me of like Wolf of Wall Street, 
you know i have this really cartoonish image of uh sales in my head where it's just every sales agency is basically jordan belfort you know where it's just like uh you know bullshit the customer and then fuck him in the ass yeah it's like every 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 sales position is like that and i was like i hope i hope this isn't that you know and then i i walked in for the interview and uh it was it, the interview was going well and she she brought out this catalog and she's like here's what we're selling and it was like this wash and wax thing for your car right it's like a can of stuff that you spray on your car it's a wash and wax thing and it's you get like six uses out of one can you spray it on your vehicle and then you don't have to you don't have to pull the vehicle into a car wash for 30 days and it it looks shiny and it doesn't fuck with the paint job because it doesn't use silicon and uh it seemed like a decent product you know so i wasn't immediately apprehensive i was like well if what they're selling is is good then maybe i i don't i can feel good about selling it you know if if my job is just going to be convincing people that it's the product is going to be a benefit for them which it would be then i can feel like i'm not i'm not conning anybody i told myself at the beginning i was like i'm not gonna lie to anybody if if they're gonna ask me to lie to people and bullshit people then i'm out but I'll 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 keep going with this because it seems okay so far. I mean it's not what I would like to be doing, but these are the only people that have gotten back to me so far, so like fuck it, you know? If I don't like it, I can leave. So I stuck with it. They asked me to come back for a second interview. They liked me. I left, came back a few days later for a second inter- interview. Talked to a different girl this time. Um she liked me as well. Uh, she she gave me a demonstra a sales pitch, basically. She took me out with the product and the cloth thing, and she did like a demo for me on her vehicle. And she was like, "This is what you would be doing if you got this job." So what I would have been doing basically is, you know, sitting in a booth outside gas stations, walking up to people who are fueling up their cars. And then I would be saying, hey, uh, we're, we're doing a promotion for this thing. Can I give you a quick demonstration? That I would have been one of those guys. And uh, I was like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> sure. And she's like, okay. And then um, she, uh, she asked me to come in for uh, training uh, another day. So I went home. And then I went back to the building. And this time, I went. I was supposed to go into the back room. So this is the back room I was talking about. Now it's, I have to go in there, right? And uh, the girl I talked to the last time, she's like, hey, uh, did you bring a notepad and pen with you? I was like, oh, shit. No. She's like, oh, it's okay. Just come on in anyway. And then... Um, I felt bad about that until I realized what they wanted me to write down and it was just so fucking no-brainer shit. It was like, why would I ever need to write this down? Anyway, so I went in, right? 
and then I got matched up with this dude who seemed nice if you know his his stare seemed a little vacant but uh he seemed like a nice guy and he was he was there to show me the ropes basically and so he had me uh the 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 back room I'm talking about was so fucking depressing like the best way of describing it is like a chicken coop for salesmen if you can imagine such a thing you know if you're in a chicken coop chickens squawking everywhere so imagine salesmen instead you know with their like suit and ties and their their gelled comb overs and their big bullshit fucking watches and they all feel like such hot shit they're all jordan belfort wannabes you know what i mean and then um uh so this guy pulls me in front of a whiteboard and uh he's like writing things down with a marker that doesn't have any fucking ink in it so he's like pressing really hard trying to like not make it awkward but it's awkward it's not helping you know so he's like trying to like fucking scrawl letters on a mark with a marker with no ink and the first thing he writes is uh so when you when you're interacting with a potential customer what you want to do is c and c stands for s-e-e it stands for uh smile enthusiasm and eye contact and I'm standing there going, fuck, dude. Like, this is what this is what they wanted me to write down? Like, Jesus Christ. It's like, I was like, oh, this is for retards who don't know how to talk to anybody. <laughs> so my, my stomach just sank, you know? And I, I knew, like, I was like, I, I think I knew deep down how horrifying it was going to be. And, uh, but I always, I had this doubt, like maybe it's not going to be that bad. But then I went back in that room. I went in that room and when I saw what was going on in there, I was like, oh, it really is that bad. All my horrific suspicions have now been confirmed. The entire world is bullshit and all salesmen are full of shit. And this is how they all are, you know? And... I'm standing there and I'm just, I'm being nice. You know, I'm nodding like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. See, yeah. Smile, eye contact, and enthusiasm. And, um, uh, the, the acronyms, Christ almighty, all the fucking acronyms. There's like one for everything. There's C, there is, uh, there's pitch, which is, um, uh, put it in the customer's hands pitch right p-i-t-c-h and so what that means is when you're demonstrating the product and you have the can in your hand you spray a bit on their vehicle for a demonstration and then you go can you hold that for a second and then they take it and psychologically the intent of that is for the customer to go i'm holding this product in my hand that means i'm gonna buy it <laughs> which there is there is a kernel of truth to that but it's just when they describe it there in the room, it's so like sh it comes off as so shallow and manipulative. And more and more, I was getting this really nauseating feeling like uh, I really don't belong here. This isn't what I was cut out for. And I started having this inner like meltdown where I was just like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do, man? I got to do something. These are the only people who have gotten back to me so far. 
Like, I need a job. I need something. Damn it. And then eventually this this girl walked up to us who she she was like me, but she had taken the training program for like a few days at this point. And she was that she was that type of person. She was that candidate type who had given herself wholeheartedly to the process and was quite happy to answer all the questions. You know, she walks up and she's just like uh, C stands for smile. Eye contact and enthusiasm. And pitch stands for put it in the customer's hands. And then the guy who is like giving the lecture would be like, awesome, high five. And I'd, I'm standing there going, ah, fuck. I, I, I want my face, I felt like my face was melting. You know, like, like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark when they opened the covenant? It's like, ah, no. <laughs> And, uh, so, so we go over more acronyms. What was, there was another one. Uh, oh yeah, rehash. R-E-H-A-S-H, which is, uh, remember everyone has another sale hidden. And it's so, it's so cynical of humanity, the whole process here, but it's true to a degree. But uh, rehash was more talking about like us as salesmen, where it's like the idea of rehash. Remember, everyone has another sale hidden is like once you make the sale, once you sell the can of stuff, then you're like, hey, we also have this other stuff, you know. So it's like you make the initial sale and it's like whatever you can pile on on top of that, that that would be the rehash phase. And uh you know, it could be like a 12 pack or whatever. Like this will this will cover you for like the year or whatever. And uh, and I my heart was just sinking more and more. And then uh, there was a point where the team leader walked in. And uh, at that point, there was this real unnerving kind of culty atmosphere where like all the salesmen immediately got in a circle and the team leader was like addressing everyone like you know going over the agenda for the day and like the 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 teams for the work days ahead right and it was this weird environment where whenever she would say a certain word or a certain phrase all the salesmen who are gathered around in a circle including me would go and i'm like I'm looking around. I wasn't doing that. And I was looking around. Go, like, I was looking around for anyone else like me who was just, like, not doing the thing. And, like, like does anyone else feel like they don't fit in here? I was looking for those kind of people. And I just, I didn't see that. It felt like everyone was, like, I felt like I just walked into a cult. And I'm just, I'm just like, I just wanted to leave, you know? And, uh. When the girl started announcing the teams for the work days ahead, like she would, she would, she would announce two people, right? It would be like uh, Jim and Bob, and then Jim and Bob would walk from their respective positions in the circle to the middle of the circle, and then they would g- give each other a high five, and everyone around them would cheer, and they would just repeat that over and over for each team pairing. And I was like. <sighs> <laughs>
It's like, when is this going to end? Fuck. And, uh, and so then, like, the pitch training started. So we, we all got into groups, and each group had, like, a can of the thing and then a cloth to apply it. And then we went out to, like, so in this case, we went out to our mentor's vehicle for the demonstration, right? And uh, the idea was that he was going to play the role, well, <laughs> under the guidance of the mentor, it was it was me. It was a mentor. It was me and that girl I talked to to you about, who was like giving herself wholeheartedly to the process, right? So it was the three of us. We were by this car, the mentor's car, I think, for purposes of the demonstration, and we were supposed to like take turns playing the role of the salesman and the customer, right? And uh, uh, so the the girl went first. I just watched. And he was pretty easy on the girl. I didn't think that at first, but I'm th I'm I'm saying that he was easy on her. In hindsight, I'm saying he was easy on her relative to how he was with me. He, he was throwing me curveballs and shit. I don't know if because I was a man or because I, it was my first day or whatever. Um. But anyway, so I'm watching them do it. I'm like, I'm looking at the girl. I'm like, hey, good job. You did good. I'm trying to be like positive and, and encouraging, even though like my mind is just telling me like, get out, get out, get out. I'm just like, just be nice, play along. And then I don't have to show up tomorrow or wherever. I'm just, I'm not going to show back up. At least I wasn't quite sure yet at this point, but in the process of doing these demonstrations, I decided like, there's no fucking way I'm coming back here. So it was my, it was my turn to be the salesman, right? And the mentor was pretending to fuel up at his car. And um, I walk up to him. I'm like, hey. <laughs> oh, my God. It was such bullshit. It makes me cringe just thinking about it. I'm like, uh, hey, how's it going? And the guy's like, not too bad. And I go, uh, uh, we're, we've, we've got this uh, partnership we're, we're doing a promotional thing for this product. Uh, can I give you a free demonstration? And he threw me a curveball and he said no. But he wasn't, he was supposed to say yes, but he said no. And so he was just saying no to see how I would respond to that, right? And I was just like, uh, well, you know, it's a good product. And <laughs> I was like, oh, fucking Jesus Christ, this is not for me at all, you know? And it was, it was a good product, but it sounds like bullshit coming out of my mouth, right? And I'm, I'm a very anti-bullshit sort of person, so it just, I've just felt nauseated throughout the whole thing. And so what I had said was, um, I said, "Hey, look, it's a good product, and uh, if, uh, if you want me to give, give you a demonstration, that's cool. If you want me to leave you alone, I'll do that, and I'll get out of your hair." And he said, uh, "Stop right there," and I'm like. Okay, he stopped me. Okay, what? What did I do? And uh, he said, uh, you can't do that, man. And I was like, do what? And he's like, you can't even give them... See, they, they operate in this really murky territory where they have a strict verbal policy where they say, 
one no and go, right? If you ask the customer if they want a demonstration and they say no, you leave them the fuck alone. But this mentor guy I was talking to was saying another thing. It's contradictory where it's like if they say no, you're not actually supposed to just walk away. You're supposed to circumvent that no and charm them in a way where they're going to go like, oh, all right, sure, give me a demonstration, right? So it's not the same thing as no and go, right? Because they want to sell those fucking things, right? And so if, if what you're really supposed to do if you get a no is you're supposed to find a way around it, you know? Ne- uh, rely on your wits to sort of navigate. And... Uh, um. I was I was stumped on that. I really didn't know how to, what to do cuz you know, I'm just thinking if if the person says no, I'm not going to harass them. I'm going to leave them alone. And then um he's he's like uh he's like whatever. We'll we'll keep going. And so we we start from the top and then he's I'm like, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, "Good." I'm like, uh, we're doing a we're doing a promotion thing for this product. You want a free demonstration? He's like, this time he says yes. He's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, okay. And I do the the pitch thing, put it in the customer's hands. So I spray a bit on the car, and I'm like, can you hold that for a minute, please? And then he's like, good, good. And uh, and so I I I had actually researched the product, so I was able to go into detail about what it does and. What I kept doing this thing in the pitch where I would go um, uh, before I was supposed to like spray stuff on the car and then buff it in. Right. But before I before I would do that, I would go, let me just clarify that this won't mess with your paint job. And then he says, stop right there. And I'm like, what is it now? Damn it. What did I do? And he's like, you got to take charge, man. You just got to do it. And I'm thinking, dude, I'm not going to... Like, I know the product isn't going to fuck up the paint job. But the customer doesn't know that. So I'm not going to spray something on somebody's car without their permission. Or without clarifying first that the product doesn't contain anything that's going to fuck with the paint. You know? But he's telling me that I should just take charge and do it anyway. As if, like, you know you're a real man if if you just fucking spray it and you don't care what the customer thinks like that's i was like that's bullshit and then he 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 i think he was showing off a bit for to the girl that was there he because he stood up to me and he's like pretend i'm a chick right and you're trying to get my number like you if like if i was a chick and you're trying to get my number you wouldn't go uh hey i'm not a serial killer so go out with me so it's like if you say that, what's the chick going to think? That you are a serial killer and you are going to murder her, right? And I'm just like, that's a false equivalency. That doesn't really work. But I'm not really in a position to do that because then I'm immediately just going to get ki- I mean, I wasn't going to show up the next day anyway. I'd made up my mind at that point, so what do I give a fuck? But uh, he was just like, just this posturing, like, oh, you're... You're like giving me an example, but you're also showing off the fact that you're a ladies' man. And to be honest, I don't believe that for a second, because I don't think any chicks are giving are giving their number to you, because you just seem like a creepy asshole. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck, dude. And so, uh, 
and then like he started talking about how you have to when you're talking to the customer you have to build this artificial sense of urgency which is a which is a more elaborate way of saying lie to the person and i said i told myself at the beginning i'm not going to lie to anyone if i'm going to be put in a position where i have to bullshit people no i'm walking and that's what i ended up doing cuz what they they wanted me to like you, you build up artificial urgency. And what that means is you have to imply that the products are flying off the shelves, you know? And it's like, I'm only going to be here for 10 minutes, so you got to get these now while while I'm here. When the fact is that you're going to be there for longer than 10 minutes. You're In fact, you're going to be there for the whole day, 9 to 5, and you're going to be there the next day and the day after that. You're not going anywhere. So right there I knew that they they wanted me to say things to the customer while knowing another thing you know like I told myself I wasn't going to I wasn't going to know one thing and say another that's a lie and uh, and so artificial urgency yeah it's like I'm only here for 10 minutes or we've only got a few of these left they're going they're flying off the shelves like hotcakes when in reality there's just a there's a fucking pile of the products behind the curtain right or in the back room or wherever and i wasn't gonna do that i wasn't gonna fucking lie to anyone about about product scarcity or my availability you know and so i played along for the rest of the cringy demonstration and then the training period was over and it was time for all the teams to go out onto the field and do their shifts at the wherever they were positioned and I was walking up to one of the women who had interviewed me initially. And she's like, all right, we'll see you here tomorrow. Just remember to bring your direct deposit form. And I already made up my mind. Like, I'm not coming back. And I got in my car. And I drove home. And I laughed almost the entire drive home. Like, almost maniacally. Like, the entire drive. I was like, ha, 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 Like, the whole... Because I was laughing at how stupid I was for thinking this could possibly be a good idea. You know? But that's when... That's what happens when you... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say I was naive to the, the whole salesman thing. I know it's complete bullshit. But I, I held out some hope, perhaps naively that uh that it wasn't going to be like all the others but it was and uh you you kind of you're you're more willing to like have that kind of hope when you're someone like me who's worked at home for so long you know trying to trying to make an honest living you know just like you know video editing from home and shit and uh i was i was tired of feeling stuck you know editing stuff at home constantly, constantly feeling like I'm trapped in the house and that I just wanted to, I want to go somewhere to work that's not the house, you know, where I can just, somewhere to go each day that's not here, where I can just put in my hours, do an honest day's work, come home, and my time is my time. And I can spend that working on RB and the Chief if I want or if I want to take a break from working on the show, I can do that. And I don't have to feel like a guilt-ridden piece of shit. That's my goal. You know? And not have people who are supporting me feel like they're they're being unfairly treated. 
which I hope none of my supporters think that. I've actually gotten a lot of positive feedback from my supporters recently. I got a I got a really nice email from a guy the other day saying he was he was a Patreon supporter of mine for the past 40 months and uh he was never he never listened to my podcast really. He was never interested in any of the bonus Patreon stuff, but he really liked he was a fan of me for 8 years and he really liked my content and he liked the way I wrote characters and he was quite happy to support me but the reason he was emailing me was that he he wasn't satisfied with Patreon's conduct so it was regard to the whole free speech thing and censoring certain conservative voices and uh, he was just asking me if there was an alternative to Patreon that I would consider going to and I told him the same thing I just told you guys a, a while ago that there there really is no alternative to go to that's immune to this sort of pressure from this political, from this hate speech movement. You know what I mean? Until this Peterson IDW thing comes out. In a, in a couple months, there's supposed to be an alternative coming out that's going to be immune to all this bullshit where no one has to worry about being censored, right? I mean, the, the only way that you would be effectively censored is if your supporters stopped supporting you that's that and that's the way it should be right if you don't want someone to have a voice don't contribute to them right i don't know fuck so that was my sales position and uh, i sent a text to the woman who had interviewed me basically saying um after the first training session, I've decided that this isn't a good fit for me. And I said, thank you for your time. Uh, I'm sorry if you feel like I wasted yours. Um, thank you for your kindness and uh, consideration. And she texted me back saying, uh, best of luck. And that was it. That's that's my sales position. That That's my sales position story. I hope, I hope you like... Um, I've got, I've got more, I've got more interview stories <laughs> that are pretty funny, but, uh, I don't know how you guys are feeling. Maybe you want me to move on to super chats or maybe you want me to talk about something else. What would you guys like to do? You guys want to hear more cringy interview stories? <laughs> People telling me to work at a restaurant, working at Costco. I would really rather not work in the food industry, I'll be honest. Maybe, though. There's a there's a local restaurant I go to that uh, I go there to, to, to work. I get a lot of writing done there. And the staff are all super nice to me. And they all really like me over there. Maybe I can apply there. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad. You guys are enjoying this, right? The cringe stories. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad this. This. Uh, I'm glad that time wasn't entirely wasted. You know, it's like if if a, if a job interview goes horribly, I'm, I always think like, well, at least it's good podcast material. <laughs> you know, people will get a. I'll get a kick out of it.
Yeah, maybe I'll apply there. I don't know. Okay, more more cringy stories. You actually have a great way of telling stories. It's kind of mundane but addictive. Ha ha. <laughs> The more stories you tell us, the more we have to work wor work with for SMAC animated. Is that a thing? There's not an animated version of my podcast, is it? I know what you're talking about, like Rogan, like the the Rogan cartoons. Those are great. All right, you guys want another story? This one isn't as long, and uh, the cringe is more on their part and not mine. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give you guys another one. Okay, here we go. So, this is after the sales position went awry. And um, <clears throat> I was sitting at home depressed. Because I had high hopes for that. Because it was the first people who got back to me. And then it didn't work out. And then I'm sitting at home going, fuck, now what, are, what am I going to do? Like, I I had already... Well, no, I hadn't at this point. But uh, I, I should also say that uh, for, for Patreon on January, nobody has been charged on... If, if you guys are on Patreon supporting me, nobody has been charged for January. I, I manually paused it because I was actually working on the show in January, but I had taken a little over a week to just do exclusively interviews and sending applications. And, uh, I felt if I wasn't, even though I was working on the show, if I wasn't working on it full time that I, then I shouldn't be charging fans as if I was working on it full time. So I took a break for January, gave my supporters a break for January. So, uh, Thank you to everyone on Patreon who's supporting me. I really appreciate it. And I, I don't want anyone to feel like uh, they're not getting their money's worth, you know. Um, just hold out a little longer for episode 13. It's almost done, okay? Uh, I want to get it done this month. Anyway, so I'm at home depressed because I'm like, fuck. I don't know if it's like I wasn't I didn't have high hopes of getting a job even though I was really trying and I knew I was going to take a hit by not uh, getting any income via Patreon this month. So I was like, fuck, what am I going to do, man? And then I, I started thinking and I was like, what am what the fuck am I doing applying to sales positions when I when I know they're bullshit, you know? So. uh. I was like, I'm I'm a video editor and a graphic designer. I should be applying for video editing and graphic design jobs, right? So that's what I did. And uh, I was using, you know that service Indeed? I'm on Indeed a lot. I go, th I, I submit a bunch of applications through there. And I'm looking at all, I'm looking at all their graphic design positions and I'm making more effective use of their filters, you know? So it's like graphic design within a specified range and sorted by date. So like newest first, like the newest postings. And I find this job listing for uh, a catering a catering business that needs a graphic designer 
for like Facebook banners and header images and ad images. And I was like, fuck, I can do that. I can do that in my sleep. Because I do that anyway, you know, making thumbnails for all my stuff on YouTube, you know. So, so, um, so I was like, okay. So I submitted an application there. I wrote a cover letter saying, hey, I, I, I manage my own content channel, my own website, and I, I regularly practice graphic design. I'm familiar with the Adobe Creative Suite. I use it regularly, and I'm convinced that I can do whatever the job demands, so please consider me. So I sent that, and I got a response from these guys. Um, so it was my understanding that it was a catering business. And um, the e the email I got was really weird. Like uh, it w it was weirdly formatted. There's like two line breaks between each section. I don't want to say paragraph. It was like single sentences broken out broken up by like double enter double paragraph breaks. And uh, it was basically saying. Uh, thank you for applying to the position. Please bring your laptop with Photoshop on it with you. You you will be tested uh, under pressure. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. So apparently they're... So I'm thinking, okay, they want me to bring my laptop with Photoshop on it. And presumably they're going to have some kind of exercise prepared. Where, I guess... They're going to give me a bunch of stock assets to work with. And I'm going to have to, like, compose something on the fly, you know, like, there while I'm in there in the room. And I'm like, okay, this seems weird. But, uh, but, uh, I was like, okay, I'll do it. And so I said, I, I, they told me their the interview slots that they had available, and I picked the first one. I was like, you know, that can't hurt to look like I want the position, right? So I'll just take the earliest possible interview slot. I'll at least show that I'm dedicated to some degree. And uh, so I get ready that morning. I get all dressed up. Uh, I got suit pants. I had my button shirt and a black blue shirt black tie and I get in my car I plug in the address I drive there and uh, I get on the street and it's a residential street and I'm thinking hmm and I pull up to the address and Google says I arrived and I'm just seeing houses I'm like, okay, this is supposed to be a business. I'm like, D did I put in the wrong address? I'm like, f I start panicking. I'm like, fuck, did I put in the wrong address and I'm going to be late? And I look up, I look in my phone and I'm like, no, it's the right address. So I pull up and I, I look at, I look at the, the house numbers on the house and it's a house. It's a residence. And I'm like, okay maybe maybe this business is operated residentially like I don't know how this works this seems weird like I thought it was going to be in a more industrial area and 
you know, my idea of a catering business is like some restaurant with like a big sign at the top with a with a smiling chef with a fucking chef hat and a spatula and he's smiling like like that's what I was looking for but instead it's like a house I'm like it wasn't a crack house either it was it was like a it was a good it was a nice looking house and um and so I park I get out I walk up to the front door and there's a sign on the front door. It says, here for an interview, go around the side. And I'm like, okay, so I know I'm at the right place. The right place. So I walk around and uh, go up this small flight of stairs to the side door. I knock. Guy answers. Uh, seems like a nice guy, younger than me. Uh, tall guy. Uh, kind of a young, trendy-looking dude dress dark dress shirt folded up arms he had like a kind of a mohawk cut and he was in this really clean room with a single table in the middle and a laptop two chairs and uh there's a small camcorder set up pointing at the chair that i was supposed to be sitting in i'm like okay so I guess they're filming the candidates. Is there a need for that? I mean, I guess. I don't know. I was like, whatever. <laughs> well, let's just keep going. Okay. Yeah, I was getting like a casting couch kind of vibe. I think that's what I was thinking subconsciously. Like, am I going to have to suck a dick here? <laughs> you want the job, don't you? <laughs> Get down on your knees. You ever done bukake? He didn't say that. But uh, I put my bag down. I sit down. And uh, he sits across from me. And he says, uh, do you mind if we film this? And I'm like, if it's just for the purpose of assessing candidates, then sure. I didn't really see the need for it, but I didn't really give a shit, to be honest. Like, if you want to fucking film it, like, I've got nothing to hide. Like, whatever. The guy, if you look, if you think looking at me on video is going to give you a better idea of whether to hire me or not, like, fine. I don't really give a shit. It's a little weird, but I didn't really care that much. I didn't care enough to object. So, um, I was like, no, that's fine. And then, uh, okay, just be patient with me here because I'm trying to recall exactly what happened. It's, it's a little bit foggy, but he, he starts, he starts asking me the questions from this list of pre-typed questions and, um, uh, fuck. What was the first thing he said? He, I, w I wouldn't say he was an asshole, but uh, he came off as a douchebag. And in the process of him interviewing me, he was like one of these like self-made hotshot students who just got out of marketing school and thinks they're thinks they're the shit. And I think he was trying to like 
get a response out of me where I was just like wowed by the level of success he had achieved. I don't know. It was fucking weird. What was the first question he asked me? He's like, uh, I can't remember the first thing he asked me, but I remember one of the questions that really caught me off guard was he said, uh, uh, if, if we paid you under the table, would you be okay with that? And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. Like, I, I didn't really think through the implications of what he was saying there. And he said, uh, he said, uh, okay, well, that question was just to test you. Um, cause we do plan on, on paying you, uh, completely legally. It's totally fine. And I'm like, is being paid under the table illegal? Like, I didn't really understand the implications of it I, until later when I looked into it. I was like, oh, what they're essentially asking me is, am I okay with tax evasion? Because that is that is the perk of being paid under the table. That's why people do it. It's like un, untaxed income. And uh, But w when a so-called professional asks me that in that environment and I'm being recorded, I don't really know... I, like my brain just farted and I was like, okay, sure. I like, I wasn't okay with it, but it was just, I don't know. It was, it was a fucking weird question and I didn't react to it in the way I would have liked. And, uh, I, I just said, yeah, sure. And, uh, he was just like, okay, well, we don't intend on paying you under the table. That was just a, that was just a question to like, to test you. It was a curveball to see how you would react. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> and then we moved on. And then... Uh, what, what did he ask me next? He had, like, mush mouth. Which, like... I don't... I'm, I'm not making fun of him for that. Like, if someone can't talk properly, like... Maybe, like, maybe they have some kind of impairment, you know? That they can't control. Something they're working on. You know, but what did annoy me is how much of a douche he came off as. And that combined with the mush mouth that he had was really annoying. Like, it's like he was speaking too fast. He was speaking faster than his mouth could keep up with. And it's like, it's like, I think his mush mouth was a result of him trying to sound more important than he actually was. And uh, I kept having to ask him, like, what was that? What did you just say? Like, hmm? Because <laughs> I could barely make out what he was saying. And uh, and then he started telling me about his channel. And then I finally, it, it slowly started unraveling what exactly this was that I was applying for. Because, like, uh, he, he said near the beginning of the interview, he said, uh, so I should explain... Uh, we aren't we aren't a catering business. I'm thinking, yeah, I noticed. It's a fucking house. I was expecting like a like a restaurant or something, you know, or at least some kind of industrial building, not a fucking house on a residential street. And he said uh the reason that we were listed as a business on Indeed is because Indeed doesn't allow it doesn't allow job postings that are residentially based. And so I'm thinking, okay, that makes more sense. But one, 
maybe you shouldn't be on Indeed if you are working from a house. Like instead of lying just to get on the platform, maybe you should just be on certain other platforms that do allow this sort of thing, right? And then two, couldn't you have told me this via email? Because you had already told me, like before I even showed up at the place, there had already been a number of emails exchanged between me and this guy saying, hey, bring your laptop with you. This is where the interviews are. Here's our like, here's the windows of available. Here's our interview slots. Which one do you want? Like, like there was a number of emails exchanged and that like any time in that process, you could have told me then that, that it was going to be a house. Like you could have clarified then that, it wasn't a catering business that I was applying for. Like, why did you wait up until when I actually show up at the fucking place to tell me what was actually going on? Like, you, you don't think that would piss me off? You know? We exchange emails. You don't say a fucking thing about it. Then I show up and it's like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. And on top of that, you're fucking filming me. You're, answer you're asking me these bullshit questions. And, uh, and so anyway, so the interview goes on and I find out that it's not a catering, it's, it's not even a catering business. Like if it was the same business, but just residentially based instead of an industrial building, that would have been another thing. I'm not, I wouldn't say fine, but it would have been something different. But this, this wasn't a business or this wasn't, uh, this wasn't an industrial building nor was it even a catering business. What it was, was that I would I would just be making graphics for a YouTuber like me. That was the job. I would be doing graphic design and designing promotional materials for a guy who's essentially just a YouTuber like me. And this guy who was interviewing me, he was, he was an affiliate of the guy who I would be working for who couldn't be there on the day. He had, I guess he was busy doing some other shit. And so it was just him. And his job was to sit there and conduct interviews all day. And I was his first interview of the day. And, um, uh, and I'm, I'm of, of two minds. Cause I'm like, well, you know, it is, it is income. Like I would be getting paid for it pretty well, but. I would essentially just be working for another me. It's like, I'm already doing this shit at home. Like, I wanted to get out of the house and do some other work that wasn't this. Like, why would I leave the, my, my position of working from home doing graphic design for myself to just go to another person's home to sit in an, a quiet room by myself and just make graphic design work for another guy like me it's like why don't I just stay home and focus on my own shit like it felt it felt too similar to what I was doing already I guess and uh fuck I would have loved to watch that you know because I was being recorded throughout the whole thing I would have loved to watch that playback because I'm sure there's like a few questions there where you see my face and like you see like anger flicker in my eyes, you know, where I'm just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. 
Like I'm I'm sure there's a few moments like that that were caught on camera. And um so anyway, uh he's like What does he say next? Sorry. Let me just think here. But that's what you would be doing if they were a catering company. Yeah, f fair enough. That's true. But, uh... I don't know. I th For some reason, I would have found more satisfaction if I was working with, like, a business. Not that I, that wasn't a business, but I wanted, to, I wanted to work at a place of work. You know what I mean? That has, like, a team of people and, like, a like a staff room maybe with a coffee machine and a lunch room. You know, I didn't just want to go to some dude's house. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe you guys are just like, what the fuck's he complaining about? Fair enough. Maybe maybe I'm being stupid. But uh, I, I really wasn't happy with this interview. And um, I, j I didn't like being lied to. You know what I mean? And the the guy had plenty of opportunity over email to tell me what was really going on, but he waited until I showed up because he figured that I would probably say no if he revealed what was really going on over email. And I'm just like, fuck you, dude. This is how you go about luring people in? Anyway. So, so he starts talking about their... So he, he starts talking to me about their their business what their business is and so it's this guy who's interviewing me and the guy he works for who isn't there um who apparently they have these products on amazon they're like self-made marketing types who have some kind of product i'm not sure what but they they sell it via amazon and amazon is where they get their income i don't know how exactly but they have a product they sell it through amazon and they they want a guy who can just do graph constant graphic design and promotional materials and stuff. And um, uh, he and then he started asking me these really douchebag questions. Like uh, one of them was like, uh, "If I if I told you I was a self starter on Amazon, uh, would uh, would that shock you?" And I'm thinking. Would that shock me? And so I said, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, it would it would be interesting. I would find it interesting. I would ask you more about it, but I wouldn't say I would be shocked. I mean, there's I know there's plenty of people who sell products through Amazon. Like, I mean, I guess I had this idea that Amazon was for the sale of products made by, like, it, industries and organizations like I didn't think individuals could s sell products for, I mean I guess I knew that I don't know it's such a weird question and I was just like what I'm thinking like why is he asking that question what it is was it what is it he wants out of me because what it seems like what he wants is for me to be amazed of how well he's doing through Amazon you know if I told you I was a major internet success, would that shock you? You'd be shocked, right? Wow. 
And then I guess the reaction he wanted from me was like, yeah, wow, you're a self-starter on Amazon? That's so fucking amazing. Let me just drop down on my knees and suck your dick right now. But then I didn't do that. And because I was thinking that that's the response he wanted from me, I then started like playing it down more so than I than I would unprovoked. You know what I mean? So like whenever he would ask me like, what do you think of... Uh, my channel. What do you think of our channel? What do you think of our product? What do you think of what we're doing here? I would just be like, hmm, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, whatever sounds neat. <laughs> you know, just like very ho hum. Like, all right, yeah. Like I, I would deli I would play it down more so than I would have. Like I might have been a little more enthusiastic if he hadn't come off as such a fucking douche. But it's like he wanted me to be super excited, so I acted the opposite of excited. <laughs> Because there, there's this thing in my brain, you know, if I if I get an e egotistical vibe off someone, I immediately like, like, fuck you, dude, you know. I'm, I'm not impressed, you know. And uh, oh, what was really funny is he started he started bragging about their channel. And uh, he was saying they had 20,000 subscribers. And he was at, he was throwing that number around like it was a big deal. And I hadn't even told him about my channel yet. So I told him what I did. I'm like, oh, well, for the past few years, I've been working for home, from home. I actually have my own channel. He's like, you do? Like, how many subscribers does it have? And I said, 80,000 at least. <laughs> and he couldn't believe it. I think he was trying to suppress it because, like, he was bragging about his own channel, and then he realized that I was at least four times more successful in his channel, in terms of numbers, at least. And uh, he was like, oh, wow. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, I worked hard getting that number, you know. I didn't tell him that most of that 80,000 are probably dead users <laughs> who don't, who, like, are just inactive accounts, you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of those subscribers that I have, I got a long time ago, and they just kind of stuck there. And a lot of those users aren't really active anymore. Maybe they have new usernames or whatever. I don't know. But I was quite happy to just omit that part and just say, yeah, I got 80,000. <laughs> and uh, I think his tone changed a little bit after that point when he realized that I had, I had been doing this for a while and that I had more success than than they had received for their channel. And um anyway. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong about the dead user thing. Silent fans, that could be a possibility. I don't know. Um But hey, I still got eighty thousand subscribers, you know, so fuck it. Um, it's not just because a bunch, a portion of those subscribers are perhaps inactive. That doesn't mean I, I, I still earned their subscription in the first place. You know, they wanted to subscribe to me because they liked what was on my channel. And, uh, so I told them about my stuff and then he was like, what's your channel? And I'm just like, oh, fuck. 
So he wanted to know what my channel was, and I reluctantly told him my username, and then he immediately looked it up. And my guess is he went straight to the analytics page, or he, he probably plugged my... He probably I'm guessing he... I didn't see his computer, but I'm guessing he plugged my YouTube ID into one of those... One of those analytics platforms like VidIQ or TubeBuddy. You guys know what I'm talking about? One of those things where it just gives you all the stats. And uh, I'm honestly terrified about giving people my channel in interviews, you know? Because they look up my channel and what are they going to find? Clips of my podcast, of me saying stupid, retar retarded, ridiculous shit. Like, I hate Jews and fags. <laughs> no black people are allowed to watch my stream and all this fucked up shit. Where that, where it's just, it's just funny to me. You know what I mean? To say that shit, but like, I can't, I don't know that someone's, you know, gonna take that the wrong way and just be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, you have 80,000 subscribers of what? White supremacists? Anti Semites? And then, uh, you know, I would inevitably be inevitably be put in the position where I'm just like, it's a joke. I have a comedic presence on YouTube. I don't mean this shit. I just say this stupid shit because I think it's funny. Like, whatever. And then the fact that, you know, I don't know what they're going to think if they see Arby and the Chief and they see, like, what, this, this guy plays with toys for a living? <laughs> what is this guy, a fucking infant? I mean, I don't, I don't know if they would, if they would immediately take that from it, or they would, they would give me the benefit of the, or not the benefit of the doubt, but just like see that the show that I'm making has like cinematic merit, where they would go like, you know, it's toys, but this is well shot, you know, and the writing is pretty sharp, you know what I mean? I my my in my head, everyone sees my show and they're like. It's dolls. He's playing with dolls. This is stupid. <laughs> and uh, I hate the I, I hate of the idea of that, you know. And so I'm reluctant to share my channel with any, any, anybody. I want people to find my channel organically, you know, because they like they, you know, they a video of mine was shared and then they liked what they saw and then they found my channel after the fact, you know. I, f I feel like everyone who just finds my channel, like that's the first thing they see are just like, what the fuck is this? You know? I don't know. Uh, anyway, so he's looking up my analytics, right? And I could, I could tell already, he was one of these types who are so obsessed with the numbers side of it, like the analytical data, the numbers, like that, the... the like how many views do you average a day, dude? Like how many clicks? Like what's what's the ratio of da da da? And you know, like it's just all like f it's all uh, an entire focus on the analytics and none on the content itself. And I'm all content. I do not give a fuck about the analytics. Like people, I, some people are surprised when I tell them that I have no real concrete understanding of the analytical data of my channel. I'm just like, I don't look at it because I don't really give a shit. I just, I make, I like to write and I like to like film stuff, make good stuff and put it on my channel and whatever comes of that will come, you know? And, you know, there's something to be said for 
absorbing the analytical data. I should do both. Ideally, you would do both, right? If you want to be a success on YouTube, you provide, you make good content and you look at your analytics and you decide what you could be doing better based on that, right? But, uh, but I just don't care and I can't force myself to care. And if maybe people, certain people see that as unprofessional. It's like, oh, you're not a real YouTuber if you don't look at your numbers. I'm just, I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. Fuck the numbers. Who cares? If people like the show, they, they can fucking watch it. And it's like, I feel like I shouldn't have to worry about the analytics if I make content that's good, you know? Because if, if I make the best content I can, then... Who cares about the analytics? I still made the stuff that I wanted to make, you know? And if people don't like it, then whatever. But I'll, I'll tell you what the wrong approach is. The wrong, the wrong approach, like the approach this guy was taking and many others, is that they, they prioritize the numbers first and the content comes second. And if you want to die on YouTube, that's, that's a guaranteed formula. Is, is to prioritize analytics and numbers over the content. You either have to be all content or both. You can't just be focused on the numbers. That inevitably you're going to make shit content and nobody's going to care. And ah, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Anyway. So he's just looking at all my analytics while I'm like what happened next? So, so the the exam part of the interview. Fuck, this story's taken for fucking ever. Sorry, this wasn't supposed to take this long. Anyway, so the exam part of the interview comes up, and he's like, "You got your laptop with you?" I'm like, "Yeah." So I pull out my laptop, and I got my mouse there, and uh, I'm like, "You want me to just open up Photoshop?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he hands me this like fancy business card that's also like a flip open USB drive. Like it's a business card that's like thick, thick enough to have like a circuit board in it, I guess. And it's got like a USB flash uh, drive embedded in it. And it was just came off as so show offy, you know. It's look at my fancy business card slash USB drive. It's like we're a legitimate serious company. I'm just like I still don't know what your product is, but you want me to do graphic design for you? I'm like okay. So I I load up my computer. I plug in the USB drive, and so the USB drive has it has an example promotional ad image, right? And then it has it also has a folder full of individual assets, like PNG files with visual assets with transparency. And the the objective is to take the assets in the folder, bring them into Photoshop, and compose them in such a way that it looks like the example image the example advertisement image. And he said, I want you to make this image for me and I want you to give me two different versions. I want you to give me a version for Facebook and I want you to give me a version for Instagram. And I said, uh, okay. So 
yes, I put the USB drive into my laptop. I I took a gamble and figured that it didn't have a virus on it. Maybe I was wrong about that, but uh, I, I scan my laptop regularly, so I'm not really worried about that. Anyway. Um, the only files on it were the example image and the folder full of assets. And... Uh, Maybe there was a hidden Trojan on there. I don't fucking know. I don't think so. But anyway, so I'm sitting there going, okay, so you you want you want an image for Facebook and you want one for Instagram. So what I take that to mean is that you want different resolutions based on those platforms. So uh, I don't have those numbers for those canvas sizes off the top of my head. So, and I wasn't connected to their internet. So I was like, do you, do you, can I connect to your internet so I can grab those numbers? Cause like, I'm sorry, I don't have Facebook's ideal resolutions and Instagram's ideal resolutions in my head. Like they can be very specific numbers. Those, those header images, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, 1200 by 630 something like it's down to the, the single pixel right it, it can be a very specific number so like sorry if i don't have it memorized but if you want if you want me to like the first if you if you know what canvas size you're working with that's the first thing you do right it's like what resolution am i working at so i'm gonna need those numbers so can i connect to your internet and he was he seemed like reluctant about it i'm just like he's just like uh okay i'll give you our password i'm just like did you like th not think this through at all like, you expect people to remember these fucking numbers? And, uh, so I go on, I go on Google, and I type in Facebook ideal resolution, like, recommended resolution for, like, Facebook ads. And then I do the same for Instagram. And they both give me the same number. So it's basically a 16 by 9 ratio, where it's, like, 1,200 pixels by 600 something i can't remember i can't remember the number but the point is that the the ideal facebook and instagram ones were the same value both horizontally and vertically and so i'm like well the the interviewer told me to provide him with both as if they were both different like if they're both the same resolution why would i need to give him two different versions right so so i told him like google is telling me that the resolution is the same for both platforms. So can I just give you one? And he's just like, uh, that's wrong. You're going to have to re-Google that. And I'm like, what do you mean re-Google it? Like, I, you want me to type the exact same fucking thing into YouTube again and then expect me to expect it to give me a different answer? That's fucking stupid. Like, it's going to give me the same thing. How about instead of me re-Googling it, whatever the fuck that means, how about you check your own numbers? What I think he didn't realize was that Instagram accepts landscape-oriented images. See, the thing about Instagram is it's, it's for plebe idiot assholes who can't use a computer, and they can only use a phone, right? And so most people use a phone upright like this. So most Instagram images are portrait or square ratio, one-to-one, -one, right? And um, so I was like, 
you realize Instagram accepts widescreen images, right? And so, so I worked it out with them, and we basically we we came to an agreement that I would just. Uh, I I said I'd give them two. I said I'd give them I. How about I give you a wide? I'll give you a landscape one, and then I'll give you a square ratio one. And then he's like, "Okay, um, fine." So, I I look at the assets that I've got to work with. Well, if, if the instructions were really weird, because the first thing I did was I looked at the example image that he wanted me to recreate, right? And it was like a, it was basically just this this dude with his arms folded in the foreground and it was like a company logo in the corner and then there's a there's a background image with the same guy but like more distant in the photo that's on a separate layer behind him and between the foreground and that background image is basically a a slate of gray with like 40 40% opacity right so it was meant to act as a visual buffer between the foreground and the background elements. And I was like, okay, so you want... And so then I look at the assets in the folder, right? And they're completely different. They're not the same assets as the ones that are used in the example photograph that I'm supposed to recreate. So I, I ask him, like, what is it you want exactly? And he goes, I want you to recreate that image exactly and i'm like dude the the assets are completely different what do you mean recreate it i mean the background image that the images that i have to choose from they're they're composed differently like in terms of the way the the photographs were taken like they're composed completely differently so that means they're gonna they're gonna have to be oriented differently in the promotional image that i that i create based on the original composition which is not the same as the one in the example image. So what I'm going to give you is inevitably not going to be the exact same thing. So like, so do you just want me to recreate it as accurately as I can with the assets that you're giving me? I mean, what other possibly possible thing can I do? And he had this, the, I could see like his brain kind of fucking up. Cause like his, I think he, he had just rehearsed what his boss had told him to, to say. And like, Anything that counters that at all in the slightest, you know, just doesn't compute. And, oh, fuck, man. So eventually we came to agreement. It's just like, I'll do the best. This isn't going to turn out exactly the way you want it, but I'll do my best with the assets you've given me, okay? And he's like, fine. And so I start working away on it. And uh, at... It took me longer than I thought it would just because, I mean, the atmosphere was kind of awkward, to be honest. So that that kind of threw a wrench in things. I didn't like that I was being videotaped the whole time. And uh, um, the instructions weren't clear. And that's another thing. Like, shortly after I had started the, the exam part, the next candidate who was who showed up for an interview was already fucking there and he like he was knocking on the door and the guy doing the interview was like ans answered the door and he's like can you wait 10 minutes i'm just like fuck so i got 10 minutes to do this shit it's like they didn't fucking think through this at all and uh 
So I've got this clock in my head where like I don't want to keep the guy out there waiting. And I had to do this skewing thing. Like they had a company logo. Like one of the assets was the company logo and it was just the logo straight on, right? And another one another one of the assets was like a it was a it was a picture of a of a laptop, a phone and a computer monitor. And they're all like shot not they're all photographed not straight on and so i think what they wanted me to do was to take the company look this wasn't explicitly stated but i just figured this is what they wanted me to do was to take the company logo and skew it so it looks like the logo is on those monitors which are which are not they're not on a straight on perspective they're all at an angle right which is easy enough but uh uh, there was multiple graphics that I had to skew on, on each of the three screens. And so that took a while. And I remember I fucked up with the layers and I had to start from scratch. And then I'm like, and, th and then I'm thinking like, oh shit, like the guy's still waiting outside and like, I'm still not done this. And I probably look bad right now. And I, I don't know why they couldn't have just given me the what the task was like over email you know it's like what's the benefit of just revealing what the task is exactly when i'm only when i'm there at the interview like who cares how much time i have to prepare for if, if i can do the fucking thing that's all that matters right so i did the best i could and for the sake of time i only gave him one thing i'm just like i i have the widescreen one done I can give you that. I don't have the square ratio one done. Uh, can I just k give you the first one? And you, for the sake of hurrying things along here, then that'll be fine. And he's like, yeah, okay. And so... Uh, I think someone's cooking upstairs. Fire alarm's going off. Smoke alarm. Um. So what next? Uh... Yeah, so I, I gave him the, the image. I put it on his USB, his goofy fucking USB drive. Packed up my computer. I said, thanks for your time. He said he would let me know. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. He said he would let me know if uh, if I get selected. And if I do get selected, then there there would be another competitive round where it would be a group interview the next time. And a bunch of us would be there with our laptops and we would have to compete with each other on one Photoshop assignment. And then the, the weakest would be eliminated. I'm like, what the fuck is this? American gladiators, you know, where we're each picking each other off. You know, it's like a bloodbath and whoever survives at the end wins the position. Like this seems so fucking unprofessional and weird, you know? Battle Royale, yeah. I'm just like, you fucking cocksuckers. You think you're such marketing hotshots that you, you know, this is the way you go about recruiting candidates. It's like, we'll, we're we're marketing people. We only want the best. So it's like their idea of getting the best is to have this awkward group interview environment where everyone's competing with each other, you know. And it just seems so fucking unnecessary and bullshit show off like, 
Ah, man. After one one time when I heard that, I was like, you know what? I hope you do get back to me. And whether you say I'm on when you whether you say I'm accepted or not, I just want you to get back to me either way, just so I can tell you to fuck off. That's what I wanted. But they never did get back to me. Then it, they didn't even have the cur- after all that bullshit. They didn't even let me know via email. They decided to go another way. I just I just never heard back from them. And I think it was because they were probably fucking embarrassed, you know, because in hindsight, they probably realized the way they conducted the interview was fucking stupid. And they probably looked at my video footage of my pissed off face reacting to this guy who had never done an interview before. And he even admitted it. He's just like, "Uh, this is my first time doing interviews. I was like, oh, no shit. Really? Wow. Because you came off so professional. It was obvious he had never done any interviews before so i i just i wanted them to get back to me just so i could tell them to fuck off not i wouldn't actually say fuck off but i just would have said you know i'm sorry but i won't be showing up because i i wasn't impressed with the way the interview was conducted i didn't like the questioning i didn't like this competitive atmosphere i didn't like this like bloodbath method of determining who the most worthy candidate is. John, what if he's watching the podcast right now? No, he isn't. And if he is, I don't give a fuck. He is in the wrong. And I got more subscribers than him. (laughs) That means I'm a better person. the real measurement of success in this world how many subscribers you have if you don't have any you should kill yourself right now worthless (laughs) so that's my graphic design story I hope you like did you guys like my story I'm sorry it was a little long winded I didn't think it would take that long um, I think I have more, but they're not as good. There was one other one that really frustrated me, but it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as bullshit as those two, those two stories. I'm not giving you the channel, you assholes. Calm down. Uh, super chats. Okay. Um, you know what? I gotta go pee pee. So why don't you guys let me do that first? Um, I'm gonna go pee, and then I'll come back and we'll do super chats. Okay. Super chats the show. Yes. 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 Whoa, 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 whoa. You guys can see this, right? Why the fuck is YouTube saying the stream is offline? Has there been any interruptions in the stream so far? It's been it's been alright, right? That's fucking weird. I'll just refresh this page.
Come on, you piece of shit. Is it good now? Stream has been fine? Okay, good. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break for a few minutes. I'm going to go pee, check my phone, and uh, we'll be back and we'll do Super Chats, okay? Thanks for your patience, everyone. I hope you guys are having fun. And uh, I'll see you in a bit. Fuck me. All right. All right, su let's do super chats. God damn, there's a lot to get through. Thanks a lot, everybody. I really appreciate all the support. Let's, uh, God damn, you guys are great fucking trolls though I see you guys chatting while it's on standby let's all fuck with John let's all leave or let's pretend that the audio is cut yeah ha ha I know the audio is not cut nice try anyway um alright let's get started on this Jason D. We're doing super chats now, by the way. Jason D. says, I told my bitch to use the vibrator. John CJG is streaming. <laughs> what can I say? I am better than sex. Thanks, Jason. Ethan McGregor says, HMB, while hold my beer while I dance on the grave of Machinima. do 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 Crab dance, everyone. Machinima is gone, people. We'll talk more about that later. Fuck, I was supposed to get some work done tonight, damn it. I still got gameplay scenes to do. Fuck, maybe, well, maybe we'll do the super chats and then move on to that because I would like to get some work done tonight. And yes, it is work. God damn it. Just because it's video games. Or it's not mindless data entry at some godforsaken office. It is fucking work. Anyway. Uh, Slider Turtle says, one of your finest death gurgles, please. Ah, oh, man. There you go. That hurt my throat. Death gurgle. <clears throat> um, thanks, guys. Thanks, Slider Turtle. Brad Brexit says, Has a Trisket, Agent Smirnoff. <laughs> thanks, Brad. I haven't had a Trisket in a long time. Ariana says, job, hurry up and sell your shirt. God, it, this, sh this shop is open, Ariana. 
The shop is there on my website. Imaginative logo. It's not the exact same as this. But that's only because everyone is making fun of my shirt and saying it was dog shit. So you might be happy to realize that I am selling a shirt on my website and it's not this atrocity. And if you do want it to look like this, God help you, then the assets are on my website if you want to use them. So it's up to you. Thank you, Ariana. Poglins for Life says, John, I know you're prob I know you've probably answered this, but are hard justice slash one life remaining slash digital fears guide to machinima slash wonderful live coming once army the chief is why can't we just do one fucking thing at a time? I'm already got I've already got a million fucking things to do. You know how much work that is getting all those fucking thumbnails and metadata and all the getting all those rendered out. Not to mention all the million other fucking things. We'll we'll see, okay? Because I'm not a big fan of those shows. Maybe. I don't know yet, okay? Okay. I don't know. I'll think about it. I'm just fucking around. Thanks, Poglins, for life. I appreciate your support, man. Ethan McGregor says, Politics? More like pile o' dicks. Am I right, guys? <laughs> this guy. This guy over here. We got a comedian over here, everybody. Hey, oh. Oh. Thanks, Ethan. Jason D says, sell out. Oh, yeah. If I make money on YouTube, I'm a sellout. And on Patreon. Automatic sellout. If if you're an artist and you make money, you're a sellout. Moral of the story, don't try to monetize if you're an artist. Don't monetize your art. If you want any integrity at all. Get a mindless, brainless job like everyone else. Lone Star says, Hey, John, when I was looking up Machinima on Wikipedia after hearing they went defunct, there's a paragraph that mentioned you trying to gain custody of your show. Really? Is that on the main Machinima wiki page? Let's look at that. I'm going to check this shit out. Machinima Wikipedia. <laughs> Do you know what section it's under? I'll just search my name. A live action slash machinima hybrid series created by John Graham. This is uh, in regard to Arby and the Chief. There's a subcategory here. Initially credited as Digital Fear and later John CJG that revolves around the lives of Halo 2 figurine versions of Master Chief and the Arbiter as they play video games, parentheses, usually Halo 3 and Halo Reach, and constantly bicker with each other. The series is a comedy but has also adopted a dramatic narrative style starting with its fifth season. The series initially ended after its third season with a movie titled Endgame, but was later spun off as Arby and the Chief in L.A. by Machinima. Due to the poor reception of In L.A., Graham brought back the show after, to, for a fourth season that ignored the events of In L.A. and Endgame 
and instead took place after the third season. Graham sought to end the show again with its seventh season, which ended on August 17th, 2013. However, on October 6th, 2014, John Graham revealed that he was con contemplating producing an additional season, feeling dissatisfied at the original ending he created. I wouldn't say that's entirely true, but uh, to a degree, sure. On January 22nd, 2015, Graham uploaded a teaser for an eighth season to his personal YouTube channel, which later premiered on November 5th, 2015. It aired on the primary Machinima channel for its first seven seasons with its eighth and supposedly final. <laughs> That's in the official Wikipedia entry. And supposedly final season currently being aired on Graham's personal channel. Hmm. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, Sanity Not Included is on there and Sonic for Hire and Battlefield Friends. Anyway, I didn't know that was there. Um, thanks, Lone Star. Supersonic Speedy Suicide says, John, there is nothing more satisfying than busting a fat one in your partner's hole and watching them fart out your cummies. Smiley tongue face. Is there a tongue there? Yeah, there is. That's great, dude. <laughs> Thanks for your comment. Thanks, Supersonic Speedy Suicide. Glad you like my cummies. Varsk says, With Machinima deleting themselves, do you now maintain the full rights to the series? I don't fucking know, dude. It's the whole fucking gray area, but I just, like... My position, my, my legal position right now is fuck it. You know, Machinima has dissolved as a corporate entity. If I upload my show, I don't think anybody's going to come after me because nobody gives a fuck. You know, anybody who's still, uh, any residual staff from the dissolution of Machinima is probably going to recreate it or create another company with a different name and they're not going to give a fuck about what I'm doing. So... I'm just like, whatever, like, Machinima feels that they can just delete their entire archive, their entire history of content without, without consulting or notifying anybody, and I'm just supposed to, like, accept that and accept f years of my body of work just gone in the blink of an eye when I could easily just upload them to my own channel? Like, why not? At least they can be seen. I don't care if they're monetized. So, no, to answer your question, I didn't get a fucking, you know, parchment from the government written in ink with, you know, with a quill saying, you have legal permission to, from God <laughs> that what you're doing is the right thing. Like, I don't know what the right thing is. I just know that my show is offline and I want people to see it, so I'm uploading it. And fuck it. If somebody has a problem with it, they can come to me and whatever. If they want me to remaster the audio, I'll do that. That's the thing about this world, you know? It's full of murky gray areas. And you just have to find a way to navigate it in a way that you think is right. And I think, I think what I'm doing is okay. I think I'm fine uploading my episodes at least ethically perhaps not legally but who's gonna care you know and it's my show so fuck it it's on my channel i don't have permission from god to do it 
but fuck it. I'll do it anyway. Um, I'm not actually mad at you, dude. I'm just fucking around. Thanks, Farsk. I appreciate your support, man. It's just, it just frustrates me, you know? So many people just want a clear answer. Like, is what you're doing okay? I'm like, I don't know. The fuck are you asking me for? Is it okay that Machinima treated all their employees the way they did? Legally, it's fine. Ethically, is it okay? No. But, I mean, who sets the rules? I don't fucking know. Anyway. Slendy says, Low on cash, but you make me happier. I'm such a depressed wreck at the moment. Thanks for streaming and making me happy, John. You're welcome, dude. I'm glad you're happier. Life's too short. You know, you got to find happiness where you can. And uh, I feel you, man. I've been in the same boat and I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to stay happy even though my employment my employment journey hasn't been successful so far. I haven't lost hope. I've got something lined up actually on Monday. Actually, I've got an interview tomorrow for something. And I've got an interview on Monday for something. So we'll see how those turn out. Anyway. Um, thank you, Slendy. Let's keep your chin up, man. You got your health. That's If you got your health, that's something. It really is. If you don't have that, you're fucked. Chevy Cruz says, if you're not a Chad car, get out. This stream is for Chad cars like me only. Oh, because you're Chevy Cruz. <laughs> and your picture is a car. That's pretty Chad car, all right. Thanks, man. Captain Desi says, official, official imaginative logo shirt when? Dude, it took fucking forever to set up the store in the way it is now. Like two or three solid days of just fucking with Spreadshirt and configuring everything and tweaking that design on those shirts that's there so it's just right and getting the store embedded in the website, which was a fucking headache because, like, it's like it, it gives you... Spreadshirt gives you JavaScript to paste into the site's HTML, but sp but Squarespace doesn't... Squarespace uses code blocks, but it, it like lets you decide whether you're pasting in HTML or Java code. And I'm just like, well, wait, is it is what Spreadshirt is giving me HTML, or is it giving me Java? And I have to tell Spreadshirt that it's Java, even though it says to embed it in the HTML. Like it was so fucking confusing. I finally figured it out, but. Not until after a lot of headaches, you know? And I finally I finally got it in a stable position with at least... Well, there's, there's one design there that's available. And yes, I, I will add more designs. I'll, I'll put an imaginative logo shirt on there, so... You guys don't care if I sound aggressive with my answers, do you? I mean, I'm just trying to have fun with this. I know I sound pissed off and angry, but... I'm not angry at you guys, and I feel like if I 
come off as frustrated, people will just find it funny and, you know, it's entertaining, so whatever. Don't feel bad because I feel aggressive. Just let me let me have my childlike tantrum on my podcast because I'm enjoying it and you guys are probably enjoying it too, okay? So just re- everyone relax. We're, we're all good. Um, thank you, Captain Desi. I'll work on that. I will I will upload more designs. I'm going to do like a, a tosser's mouse pad with just like the shield on it. And I'll do an imaginative logo mouse pad, like a mug too. I'll put some more products on there. So the shirt design that's on there doesn't really work for a mug or a mouse pad. That's why those aren't there yet. But I'll work on that. Just I've got a million other fucking things to do. So just let I just want. If I don't do one one thing at a time, I'm going to go fucking crazy. So just uh, be patient. I'll, I'll put some more stuff on there. I appreciate your interest, man. Thank you. Everyone's interest. Um, thanks, Captain Desi. Mag Charger XD says social media is cyber hell. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Twitter especially. What a piece of shit. Thanks, Mag Charger. Stephen Beast says, "Why did George Bush do 9/11?" <laughs> yeah, it was him. He he flew the plane. And then he bailed out and he drifted via parachute into that place where he was reading to the school kids. Just before the camera was on him. He's crafty, that one. Thanks, Stephen. We'll get to the bottom of it someday, I'm sure. (sighs) Namaste. Natef says, what happened to Matisse? Would love to see him and Laszlo. They're doing their own thing. Matisse is... uh, He's he's a dolly grip on a, some Vancouver TV shows, and uh, Daniel's doing. Uh, he's an animator, and he's got uh, he does uh, studio contract work. I'm not sure what he's doing now, but uh, I think he's uh, he's he has to deal with a lot of pressure at work. He's always like backlogged with shit he has to do and frames to redraw. And so much of it is just poor direction and management and poor pipeline flow. That's what you call workflow. You know what I mean, right? Where it's like things need to be locked down in phases, you know, and then you, you draw it, draw it. You don't have your animators draw stuff and then, you know, have the writers do a revision and then it's like everything has to be redrawn from scratch like that's so fucking dumb like just nail the script first like lock that down but that's never how it works and he's always under strain but uh but uh i envy that he has a place to go for work that's not his house you know and he's 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 kept busy, if nothing else, and uh, and he's talented as fuck, man. And uh, yeah, he's busy, dude. So is Matisse, and I'm doing my thing. You know, we see each other. I haven't seen Matisse in a while. Um, but yeah, he's just doing his dolly gripping. 
you guys know what that is, right? The guy who, when a, when you have a tracking camera shot, the camera gets mounted on a dolly and pushed along a track. He's the guy who does that. Anyway, thanks, Natef. Um, anyway, uh, where are we? Captain Desi says, been professionally diagnosed in with autism, but I don't care. Still living life and not letting shit bug me. Got to be a meme to survive these days. <laughs> I see what you mean, yeah. This whole outrage culture, clickbait bullshit. Um, how do you feel? I hope you feel okay about the diagnosis. I mean, it's nothing to be ashamed of. People got it. I mean, there's perks to it, right? Maybe you're lacking in social dynamics, but uh, I mean, you're probably good at what you do, right? You can stay focused on something. Maybe I'm on the spectrum. I don't fucking know. Whatever. Uh, thanks, Captain Desi. Toxic says, when are you going to start selling Claire body pillows? Oh, here we go. It was only a matter of time. I don't know. You guys want that on the store? I don't think Spreadshirt offers that. We gotta draw the line somewhere, okay? Thanks, thanks, Toxic. I'll work on that. Jojo97 says, Of course Black Panther deserves best picture. Did you see how many black people were in it? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. You're right. All the awards. How many black people were in it? However many black people were in it, that's how many Oscars it should get. That's that's the rule, right? Thanks, Jojo. Uh Natef says, "Have your parents seen RB videos? What they think?" Uh yeah, they've seen it. Uh my mom likes it. She uh She's uh, she's always liked my show. She really likes the characters. She thinks they're hilarious. I don't know what she thinks about the way the show is going recently, but... Uh, I don't know. I think she's on board with everything I do. She likes the show. I'm happy about that. Thanks, Natef. Donald Trump says, Oh, oh, John. Oh, John, I'm a huge fan. Glad to see you streaming again. This is my favorite breeding ground for white supremacy. <laughs> it it runs thick in these chat rooms. I love it. I love it. Thanks, man. White power. Oh, <laughs> uh, that shit's going to bite me in the ass one day. Whatever. It's funny. Fuck. Tobias Edwardson says, 
Hey, John, feels good to catch the podcast live for once. Just got discharged from the hospital again after another pulmonary angiography. Angiography, is that you say that? Angiography just sounds like geography, <laughs> you know? Sorry, I don't mean to laugh at your condition. Feeling somewhat better, so God bless the mo modern medicine. Yeah, I agree, dude. Um, good for you, dude. I'm glad you're doing well. And you're making that, uh, uh, you got that sweet game you're developing. I really like that shit, man. I hope, I hope you finish that. Or it, uh, you release a demo or some kind of finished product. Good for you, dude. I'm a, I'm not even quite sure what a pulmonary angiography angi is. <laughs> I guess, I mean, it's scanning your heart for some anomaly, right? I hope you feel okay, dude. Thanks, Tobias. Lord Xanthar to Allen says, what's your favorite Pokemon of each gen? What's your favorite Mega Evolution? What's your favorite legendary Pokemon? Honest to God, my favorite Pokemon is still red and blue for, for Game Boy. They were on Game Boy, right? Not just color? Oh no, of course, Game Boy color because they were red and blue, right? There was, there was, wasn't there, was there a Pokemon on Game Boy? Or is it, there's, has it always been the dual version thing where there's always like one and an alternate? I don't know, I can't remember. But red and blue, man, they're still the best. Because, like, this, the storyline in that game, it sounds dumb, but the storyline in that game is still my favorite. The, the dynamic between Ash and Gary throughout the whole game is really good. And the climax where you fight him in the Elite Four place is really good. You know, it's thematically charged, you know? Where it's like, Gary is like this brutal Pokemon leader who managed to get to the top, but he lost to Ash because he has that one fatal flaw where he doesn't love his Pokemon. Whereas the character you're playing, Ash, does. And that's what made him win in the end. And there's something really powerful about that narratively that I, I haven't... I mean, I've kind of seen that in the other games, but it's just a, a poor emulation of... A, 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 a poorer emulation of that same thing. I think Pokemon Red and Blue did it the best, you know? This is boomer talk? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> John, you're forgetting your random and completely irrelevant mention of duality of man and postmodernism. Post don't forget, John, don't forget. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there you go. Pokemon Red and Blue, they're still my favorite. P the Pokemon games need to do something more interesting narratively, you know? Like, there should be a plot beat in Pokemon where you, like, walk up to the Pokemon Center and it just explodes. And you're just like, oh, shit. And then the game forces you off the what you conceive to be the, the regular path, you know? Because the Pokemon games are all so fucking... The, the more recent ones, they all feel straightforward. 
It's like the characters tell you to do something and then you go do that exact thing. And it's like, what happened to like narrative surprises where, you know, a character tells you to go one way, but then there's an unexpected obstacle and then you have to find a creative way to go around it. It's predictable. Yeah. Like there needs to be more, uh, they need more interesting plot lines. Like even Pokemon Red and Blue did that for Christ's sake. How like a character tells you to go do one thing or go to one place, but then you find out that Team Rocket has like overtaken the place. Like it's not laid out explicitly beforehand. You you just organically realize like, oh, there's an obstacle here. Team Rocket's here fucking shit up, so I better do something. You know? It should get you thinking creatively about where the, where the story's going narratively and not just be so fucking straightforward where it's like, beat this gym leader and get this gym badge and go to this island and beat this leader and get this badge and then go to Elite Four, blah, 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 blah. It's so dull. Anyway. Uh, thanks, Lord Xanthar. appreciate it, buddy. Madcap Productions says, no more machinima. Did you catch my Halo Fest tweet? Oh, yeah, there's some kind of Halo theme park opening up in California. Have I got that right? That's cool, I guess. I don't know if I'd go. Maybe one day. Uh, thanks, Madcap. Tan Squid says, Hate speech doesn't exist, Job. It's a conspiracy designed by bracket, 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 them. Bracket, bracket, bracket. So Jews made up hate speech. God, that bracket thing pisses me off. The hate speech thing pisses me off even more, though. That's the problem with hate speech. You can't let anyone say what hate speech is. You can't give that power to somebody. So what's the alternative? You have to allow hate speech. It's unfortunate, but you you have to allow hateful people to be heard and then other people are free to demolish their argument with facts. That's how it should be done, right? Not this silencing shit, because then you're just, you might not think you are, but you're powering the hate speech speakers, right? It's like silencing Alex Jones. All of a sudden, I'm not saying he's a, I wouldn't say he's a hate speech guy, but it's that same sort of thing where you ban someone and then their audience is like, well, they, they wouldn't ban him if, if he wasn't saying the truth. Like, they know they know he's trying to, like, s say the truth. And that, that's why they're trying to silence him because they don't have an argument themselves. So, like, this guy's right. So let's let's get on his side. But the Alex Jones thing in particular was a tricky argument because, like, what do you do about him? And the whole Sandy Hook thing where he's just insisting that it didn't happen and all his fans are harassing the victims nonstop. And, and Alex Jones keeps going on and on about it and getting his fans more and more worked up. It's like, shit, well, the, the victims don't deserve to be treated this way, so what do we do? I don't know what the answer is. I guess it's... Ah, uh, fuck. Whatever way you go, it's a bad one. I don't know. Anyway, fuck uh, hate speech enforcement. Hate speech laws. 
Anyway, thanks, thanks, Tan Squid. Ariana says, "Stop oppressing us with your toxic masculinity." <laughs> Ugh, I'm oppressing you. <laughs> I'm just dripping with t toxic masculinity over here. That's that was another thing I wanted to talk about the Gillette ad. You guys saw that, right? Fuck, man. I wrote I wrote a, a piece on that. I was I was really upset with that. The, the commercial didn't piss me off, but it was the way everyone was reacting to it. Because everyone was like, uh, like, everyone was either shitting on it, which was fine. But then, like, like, outlets like Vice or Vox or whatever other bullshit, they would be like, the Gillette ad is pissing off all the right people. And it's like, fuck you, dude. It's pissing people off because it sucks. And here's why. And I wrote this whole thing. You guys you guys want to hear what I wrote about the Gillette ad? I wrote a post. Oh, no, you guys probably would have seen it already. I forgot I posted it on my Imaginative Logo Facebook page. You can just read it there then. Never mind. Well, you guys, you guys actually want to hear it? I can read it out if you want. All right, people people want me to read out my th thing I wrote. It won't take that long. And it summarizes the whole thing pretty well, I think. Give me a second here. Sorry. All right. Here's what I wrote. Hey, you want to know why the Gillette commercial is fucking stupid? I'll give you a hint. It has nothing to do with encouraging men to be the best they can be. Men should be encouraged to be the best they can be. No men should be groping or harassing women. It also has nothing to do with wanting bullying to stop either. Nobody should be bullying anyone, men nor women. The problem lies in how toxic masculinity is being defined in the mainstream media lately and the assumption that toxicity can only describe masculine behavior. Toxic masculinity does exist, but not all masculinity is toxic, and I'm not often seeing a line drawn between the two, including within this commercial. The same is true for feminism. I shouldn't have to convince any woman that other women can be toxic, not if they went to public school. Women can be bullies, but that bullying manifests itself differently than in males, typically in ways that are indirect, verbal, non-physical, and are destructive to social status. Did the commercial make me mad? No. I laughed, actually. I didn't even mind the commercial until one particular moment, which suggests that two young boys shoving each other at an outdoor house party is shameful behavior. It's a fact that males who engage in tolerable rough-and-tumble play with each other at a young age have a higher chance of growing to be better adjusted. Human beings are physical, beasts of burden with limbs and hands to do physical things, and males have a testosterone-fueled potential for greater muscle mass. Anyone with brothers or who has raised boys 
knows they're inclined to engage in rough play as well as throw stuff around and break shit. Animals do the same thing. This is because physical aggression has a basis in male biology, which obviously runs against the social constructionist argument that all human beings are a clean, completely malleable slate, and aggression is something that's taught and therefore can be unlearned, which plentiful empirical evidence strongly suggests is not the case. Aggression isn't a bad thing. It can be bad, very bad, but it's not inherently bad and can be used for good. You know when aggression comes in handy? When you're being taken advantage of and you need to stand your ground, and life will constantly put you in positions where you're being taken advantage of. Do you think a kid that's being bullied shouldn't be aggressive? If he were to stand his ground, would he be exhibiting toxic masculinity and therefore part of the problem? I find it hilarious that physical aggression is simultaneously being shamed by Gillette and exists primarily due to testosterone, which also results in the growth of facial hair, which is the reason Gillette exists in the first place. I think they should stay focused on selling razors rather than making political statements and making absurdly risky business moves like alienating the vast majority of their consumer base. The move wasn't completely senseless, there's obviously a lot of money to be made by jumping on the social constructionist bandwagon, but it was still stupid. There you go. Words were, everyone's making fun of me. Words, 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 words. What, you ra you'd rather I just flubbed and floundered my way through the whole fucking thing without articulate? If I articulate it, that's a bad thing. I've got to just stutter through it and work it out on the fly and have it come out a fucking incomprehensible mess, like as usual on my podcast. Then it's entertaining. But if it's well written, it's just boring words. Words, words, words. Anyway, there you go. That, sum that sums up my thoughts. Now I don't have to talk about it. That ad was fucking stupid. The best a man could get. <laughs> uh, Gillette of all companies. Unbelievable. Ad people telling me that that wasn't financially motivated either. I'm like, they're a business. Of course it was. Jesus Christ. It was a risky business move, but it was definitely financially motivated. Anyway. Thanks, Ariana. I appreciate it. Dens says, Patreon CEO recently admitted their business model is unsustainable. Be careful, be careful of it go, just going down under. Maybe watch Tim Pool's video on it later. Yeah, I started watching him. I like Tim Pool. I'm, I'm, I'm getting more into YouTubers now. I never used to. Not because like I'm, I have anything against YouTubers, but I was just always so... I don't want to say self-absorbed. That makes me sound like an asshole. But I'm, I'm just, I just mean I'm focused on my own content and... I don't know, I just didn't have the time or whatever. But I, I'm I'm making the time to watch other YouTubers. And there's some great ones. I, I listen to Tim Pool. I listen to Sargon. Uh, I know not everyone in here is a fan of him. That's fine. Um, 
I'm not saying I agree with everything he says either, but he's a well-articulated dude. Um, do you guys know Young Yeah? I listen to him a lot because uh, his delivery kind of annoys me sometimes, but uh, he's very informative and he's well-articulated. He writes his shit out really well. And uh, he goes into detail on a lot of like video game industry shit. He's really good. Um, he covers a lot of stuff that I don't see anyone else covering. Young out, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's cool. Who else do I listen to? Um, YouTubers, YouTubers. Like, all the, all the main YouTubers, like Jake Paul and fucking... Like, I don't listen... To, I mean, PewDiePie. I love, I love PewDiePie. He's great. But, like, all these fucking, like... Like, everyone who is in the U YouTube Rewind, like, I don't fucking know any of those people. And I don't think I would ever watch anything from those people. Maybe that's unfair. But I like people who are just funny and or informative. Or both, preferably. You know? Anyway. Um... I'll think more about other YouTubers that I I can't I can't think fucking who else I listen to. Just like I listen to like the big conservative types. I listen to Crowder. I listen to Shapiro. Uh, whenever Peterson puts out another talk or a debate, I watch that. I watch a shitload of debates. I feel like I understand this constructionism, social constructionism, and uh capitalist socialist thing really well now because i've listened to both sides of it in so many occasions i love that shit i want more and more debates makes me happy you know it's like at least people are talking about this and they have intelligent people on both sides sometimes you know p is stored in the ball it's changed my mind <laughs> Oh, yeah, Video Game Donkey. That's another one. I love that guy. He's hilarious. And uh, the the Killian Experience. He's great. I like him. Uh, Nakey Jakey. You guys know him? I like him. He's cool. Anyone who's, uh, like, passionate about video games. I'm like, I feel that. You know? That's cool. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm listening to more YouTubers now. Cinemassacre, yeah, yeah, James Rolfe is great. I've heard he's recently he's like cleaned up his act though, and he's not swearing as much, which is just like, come on, man, you're the angry video game nerd. That's what you do. You swear. Like you're gonna stop doing that. Like you're just gonna say butt instead of ass now or whatever. Like. Uh, whatever. I still like him. Chris Raygun? Yeah. I don't really... I haven't watched a lot of his stuff, but uh, he's cool. I saw him on Dave Rubin. And uh, he actually reached out to me over Twitter when uh, my show was unavailable. And he gave me a shout-out. I was really appreciative of that. I DM'd him. Because he, he revealed that he was a big fan of mine. So much that I'm the reason he created his YouTube channel in the first place. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Really? 
I couldn't believe that. And he, he offered, he said, uh, if there's anything I can help you with, let me know. I was like, thanks, man. And uh, I haven't talked to him since. I don't, uh, I mean, I've got my show back now. I don't really need his help with anything, but I like the guy. I wish him the best. Um, yeah, he, 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 Chris Raygun brought a lot of attention to my situation when I really needed it. So I'm super grateful for that. Uh, anyway, let's move on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to more YouTube now. That's the way the world is going, by the way. I mean, cable television's fucking dead. Hollywood's going to die one day. I think the way it's going is everything's going to be streaming and individuals are going to have their own personal channels. I think uh, organizations and studios are going to go to the wayside. I'm not going to say they're going to go away completely, but I think this, this independent user channel thing is going to take over in a big way in the coming decades. I don't know. We'll see. This is Zoomer talk. Get fuck off. I'm either, I mean, I'm either a boomer, a zoomer or a doomer. Like I'm just, I'm just saying which way I think the world's going to go. It's got nothing to do with me. I'm just saying this is the way the world seems to be going. It seems to be going in the way of internet streaming and everybody having individual channels. It's like, you want to watch this content? Well, it's from this one guy on his own channel, you know? Anyway. Oh, there's bloomers now. So there's zoomers, bloomers, boomers, and doomers. <laughs> Doom Doomers are like... Uh, fuck, I don't know. I think doomers are more like a state of mind rather than an, uh, like a numerical... Like rather than being born within a range of years. I don't. I, I'm probably wrong about that. I just know the 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 Doomer Wojak drawing. It's basically a Wojak with a hoodie and like a like a five o'clock shadow, and like you know bags under his eyes, smoking fucking cigarettes. And the the do the life of the Doomer is basically sitting at home playing video games, waiting for death. <laughs> sitting in front of the computer monitor but that's all anyone does now <clears throat> millennials uh uh zoomers are millennials because they are generation x oh no generation z that's what i mean that's why they're zoomers because of the z and generation z and millennials i think are inter interchangeable is there a gen y these labels are so fucking stupid. I can't I can't keep track of them. Uh, I don't even know which one I am. I'm not Gen X. I'm a millennial, I guess. I guess so I guess I'm a zoomer. I'm a zoomer everybody. Zoom. Zooming around. Millennials are Gen Y, Gen Z are zoomers. So I'm Gen Y then. So is there a stupid fucking alternative alternative name for Gen Y then? humors <laughs> ah whatever that shit's fucking dumb anyway um alright let's move on here 
Oh wait, hold hold on. You're talk you were saying Dens uh that the Patreon CEO what's his name again? Jack Cousteau, is that his name? So he's saying that Patreon the their Patreon business model is unsustainable. So they're saying their business model as owners of that business, their model is uns unsustainable. They're not talking about their use their creative user base they're talking about them themselves right and so sir they're saying their model is uns unsustainable based on what the recent departures from patreon because of the hate speech thing like presumably it wasn't unsustainable before that but since they've had so many major patreon contenders leave now it's unsustainable because they've had such a dip they had trouble with payouts recently. Yeah, that's another th that's another reason I'm seeking employment. You know, I got to find a job because I don't want to be relying on Patreon if that suddenly just goes tits up. You know, I I, sh I should use this time to find something else while I still can. Anyway, <sighs> Patreon shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have fucking. They shouldn't have caved. They shouldn't have been banning people. I mean, the Sargon thing was so fucking stupid in particular because he was banned for saying a particular word in an inoffensive context, relatively inoffensive, and it wasn't even on Patreon when it was said. It was on someone else. It was on a different platform on someone else's stream, and and Patreon still felt the need to ban him because. It doesn't matter what platform he's on. What matters is his brand. And he said the word based on his brand. And his brand is affiliated with Patreon because he receives an income from them. So therefore, he should be censored. It's so dumb. So now they're in the position of like policing everything now. It's like what's okay and what isn't. That's not their job. And it's tr true. Like Patreon has become something of a bank. Where they're 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 an escrow, right? They hold funds temporarily. They collect funds, hold it temporarily, and dish it out. So they're not they're not too much different from a bank. And when we start having political banks, we're fucked. Like if your bank account can be frozen based on what you believe politically, that shit's fucking scary. And if you're not scared, you should be. You know? It pisses me off when people say I'm overreacting to this shit. Like, I'm buying into the hype of this censorship stuff. Like, oh, it's not really a problem. Really? You gotta take a closer look. Gotta pull the world from over, from over your eyes. See the truth like me. Gotta take the red pill and go down the rabbit hole. I'll show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. <coughs> Anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm working on getting off Patreon, and uh, I mean, I'll stay on it for the time being, just because there is no alternative to go to that's not foolproof to this sort of thing, um, unless the IDW and Peterson comes out with something. That's, that's what I'm uh, hoping happens, and I'll move over to there.
I'm glad you guys are all on board with what I'm saying, at least for the most part. You don't have to be. That's not what I'm saying. But uh, it's cool that most of us are on the same page here. I, fuck, I got into an argument on Twitter. It was so annoying. God, I spend, I spend so much negative emotional energy on Twitter just, like, fighting with people. And it's like, fuck, what is the point? What is the point? Honest to God. This one guy, I was arguing with this guy about how, like, people who silence other people are just exercising their right to free speech. And it's just like, okay, so someone cutting off someone else's mic is free speech? Like, that's fucking stupid. Silencing someone else. If I assassinate someone because they say something I don't like, that's me exercising my right to free speech? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Uh, anyway. Um... <clears throat> All right, let's move on here. Captain Clark says, Job, we know you're working hard despite the episode not being finished. Thanks, man. Fuck, I was supposed to be working on that tonight. We could still. Would you guys Would you guys stick around for that? If we ever finish these super chats tonight, because they just keep coming. But if I do... Are you guys cool with uh, filming some gameplay so I can get some work done? Um, well, whether whether you want to stick around or not, I might do that. We'll see. All right, looks like people are on board. That's cool. All right. John, play Resident Evil 2. Oh, yeah, dude. It's it's been a bleak couple of weeks in terms of seeking employment, like lots of letdowns. But uh, the the highlight of the past couple of weeks for me has been Resident Evil Two. I fucking love that game. It's so fucking good, and I would very much like to do a speed run on stream of it because I'm trying to get the infinite ammo weapons. I want to get an S plus hardcore rank or S plus rank on hardcore mode. And I got to shoot all the raccoon things to get the infinite knife. How's it compared to the original RE2? The RE2 original Resident Evil 2 is still great. Resident Evil 2 is an important game for me, man. It's not just it's not just like any other game. The first time I played Resident Evil 2 on the original PlayStation, I used to rent I had an I had an I owned an N64 but not a PlayStation. And when I would play PlayStation, I would rent the console from like this is in the 90s when I was growing up. This is when VHS was still the main thing to watch shit on. I would rent a PlayStation 1. It would come in this zip bag and I would zip it up and I would always be like amazed by like the console like ah wow it's a PlayStation 1 man or not a PlayStation 1 we didn't think of it in numbers back then of course it was just the PlayStation right it's like wow PlayStation and I always used to get Resident Evil 2 but I could barely make it ever make it past the police station because I was so terrified of that game that game scared the shit out of me 
and I was al it always I was too scared to play it, but I was always so t tempted to play it. I would always start it up. And I would always like get through the streets at least part way and I would make it to the station, but I would often be too scared to keep playing. Back in my day. <laughs> I sound like an old fucking man now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying I have powerful fucking memories of that that game in particular. And now it feels like, you know, I've come full circle, you know? Now the remake is out. And I fucking love it. It's a solid fucking game. Capcom's fucking killing it, man, with their, their Resident Evil remakes. The Resident Evil 1 remake on the GameCube is fucking awesome. It's seriously one of the best survival horror games ever made. And now they came out with Resident Evil 2 remake, and it's so good. I hope they keep up this uh, this role that they're on. I want a Resident Evil 3 remake. Not just cause, but if they can actually make it good, then hell yeah. I'll fucking, I'm all over that shit. Um, <clears throat> anyway, let's, uh, let's move on here. I'll, I'll, I'll find some time later to play Resident Evil. I would love to play through that game on a stream. I got to finish episode 13 first. I got a lot of fucking work to do. And I got job interviews to go to. I got to secure a job for Christ's sake. Can't just play video games all the time. I gotta get a real grown-up, boring-ass job. I got a couple interviews lined up, though. I'm excited. I might... It might uh, I'm hopeful. I was really bummed because I didn't have anything lined up a couple days ago, but now I do, and uh, I'm feeling upbeat. <sighs> okay, anyway, let's move on here. Uh, Captain Desi says, just put an image of Cameron Shuttersnap smiling on whatever you sell and people will buy it. <laughs> I never thought of that, actually. A Cameron Shuttersnap shirt. Something with just my face. Like that. A shirt like that. That might be cool. Not. Uh, I might. I don't know. It's a good idea. I'll think about it. Thanks, Captain Desi. Appreciate all your super chats, man. You're killing it. Don't don't spend too much, okay? I'm glad Kirkland's laying off. He's given me way too much. I feel like he gives me like he gets a paycheck and then he comes home and gives it all to me. <laughs> Working his ass off at Costco. While I'm sitting here playing video games and playing with dolls. <laughs> uh, fuck. How could I? What a monster I am. Not by choice, John. I'm legit broke. Fuck, I'm sorry to hear that, man. No more super chats from you, okay? Not because I don't appreciate them. I'll always remember you, dude. But uh, you can take it easy. All of you guys. I see a lot of super chats from like the same people. And I'm just like, damn, dude. Just be careful with your money there. Uh, Thanks, Desi. Brent Music says, hey, John, I'm not poor anymore. 
so I can give you all my money now. <laughs> That's some sound fucking logic right there. I agree wholeheartedly. Thanks, Brent. Ariana says, when in doubt, see. <laughs> Remember, smile, eye contact, and enthusiasm. Ah, uh, fuck. Thanks, Ariana. Captain Clark 23 says, didn't finish that last message. Just try not to be so hard on yourself. We know these things take time. Much love. Plus bite the foam. Foam. Daddy job. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Mr. Shinma says, we're shutting this offensive hate speech down. Oh, no. Anything but that. Your company's dissolved now. You can't do shit. You don't have a legal department. Or any department. Your whole operation's crashed and burned. I like how your username is Mr. Shinma, but your profile icon is me in my fucking Spider-Man onesie. Thanks, Mr. Shinma. Thanks for being such a stand-up company. Ethan McGregor says, Here at Pizza Hut, where I work, we have poop on, or people order our pizzas. <laughs> That's a hell of an acronym. What a statement to get on board with. As an employee of Pizza Hut, I, I can really get on board with this statement. People order our pizza. Thank God for that. Be in a tough position if they didn't, I suppose. Tan Squid says, let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. Thanks, Tan Squid. Chevy Cruz says, Mr. Shinma, if you don't own a Chad car, get out. <laughs> uh, thanks, Chevy. Brent Music says, every corporate job has stupid acronyms and phrases and shit. I used to work at Walmart, and they have a special Walmart chant. Oh, yeah, that shit's fucking annoying. It's like, can't we just show up and do our job? Do we really have to do all this, like, team morale bullshit where it's we have to pretend we're a family and say all these stupid catchphrases and acronyms? Uh, whatever. Thanks, Brent. Mr. Shinma says, Your face makes my chub so happy. Eight equals D, love you. It's a little dick there. That's, is that your little chub there? <laughs> Thanks, dude. Mr. Shinma also says, No means yes, John. You know this. Right, of course. Thanks, dude. Captain Desi says, Stop right there. I'm not sure what the context of that is. It's been a while since that was posted, but uh, but thanks for the super chat, dude. You got to calm down on the ch super chats there, man. I hope you know what you're doing. Kyle Bertagna says, John, when are you going to add the soundtracks of the R other RB and the Chief seasons to official music platforms? Season 8 is currently the only one on Spotify. 
Well, season eight soundtrack is the only one I feel comfortable selling because I feel like the soundtracks for the older seasons are just shit. The melodies aren't necessarily terrible, but just the the kicks and the synthetic strings are just low quality, and I would feel embarrassed putting those up for sale. You know? I mean, with, with Season 8, the soundtrack for Season 8, I feel like I had learned enough about getting tracks to sound at least somewhat good at that point where it's like, yeah, I feel comfortable selling this. This is fine. Because a lot of people have been telling me, like, my, I'm doing kick-ass work with the Season 8 soundtrack, and they'd happily buy an album. So I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe I will just create an album and sell it. I've heard worse on these online stores. I hear worse on the radio all the time. You know, the same fucking kicks and hats and snares over a basically non-existent melody. And then, like, with v- vocals that's, like, all... F- auto-tuned or like really there's like this style of singing now in mainstream music where it's like they're trying to sound lazy and whispery on purpose it's like you're actually deliberately trying to make it seem like you're singing with no effort like what the fuck are you doing how is this music listen to me i sound like an old man again this isn't music (laughs) uh i'm getting old guys I'm getting old. I'm going to die one day. And it might be painful. Maybe it's or maybe it's going to be organ failure. Fuck, man. Fuck that shit. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. M- mainstream music sucks. Fuck it. Thanks, Kyle. Chevy Cruz says, trade in your Toyota for me, Job. The women will want the D after you cruise with me. (laughs) Cruise in your Chad car with a really loud engine with no muffler, right? That's a Chad car. doesn't even matter what car it is. It just has to have a really loud engine with no muffler. And the women will go crazy. Apparently, there was a study done where women in general responded more positively to loud cars they they there's something about it they find sexually attractive not the they don't want to fuck the car obviously but, but guys who have large who have cars with loud engines you know like a fucking obnoxious harley that you can hear 100 miles away it's fucked up i got to get a loud car with a really loud engine with no muffler that's how I get chicks. That's the secret. I wish I had your Chad car, Chevy Cruz. It's a shame you can't send that over Super Chat. Just put your car on the ferry. Send it over to me. Let me drive it around, get chicks. You can't hoard all the chicks for yourself. You got to spare some chicks for the rest of us. What am I supposed to do? Hmm? I don't have a Chad car like you. Uh, thanks, Chevy. Mr. Shinma says, Chevy Cruz, my car is gold and runs on whey protein. <laughs> thanks, buddy. 
Brent Music says, get a job at a local restaurant. If you find a good one, it'll be a nice part-time gig where you are where you get free food and make some friends. That's actually a good point, you know? Working at a, you know, even though it's the food industry and I would rather not work in that, the fact that you can just, like, get a free lunch there or whatever. Because I would say that's that's my biggest expense is just food. I try and save otherwise. I'm I'm frugal otherwise, but when it comes to food, I like to eat. Who doesn't? Everyone's got to eat. It costs a lot to live, damn it. it. Fucking sucks. I'll think about that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I've got a couple things lined up this week and next, so we'll see how those turn out. He's obviously joking. I don't think he's joking. He's saying if you find a good one. I mean, most of them aren't good. But if you do find a good one, it can be a, a all right deal because, you know, you get free meals. Uh, anyway, Chevy Cruz says... The See Me After Class podcast is brought to you by Chevy Cruz. <laughs> Chevy Cruz and his Chad car. His Chad motor vehicle. Thanks, man. JoJo97 says, talk about that god-awful Gillette ad, Lamau. I did already, but thank you. Kyle Regal says here's january's dues this podcast alone has been worth 20 bucks to me <laughs> thanks a lot man god some of you are really generous with these super chats really appreciate it guys it really does fucking help i'm serious especially this month since i paused the patreon so really fucking glad i'm all right i mean it's a hit that i can afford to take at this point because luckily i've been saving up for a while but uh, I would like to get uh, revenue coming in as soon as possible. I hope I secure something. I hope these interviews are fruitful. Uh, the end of this week and then next week. I hope I can lock something down. Have to do all these fucking assessment tests, you know. What I might end up doing is office temp work. Where like a company needs a person for a day or like a week to do basic data entry stuff. And apparently it can be like a real boring job where you're sitting on your hands basically a lot of the time. And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. That sounds great. I can just use that time to work on the show. You know what I mean? And whenever I do have a, something to do at the job, I can do that. And But if I'm ever in a position where it's like I don't have anything left to do and I'm waiting on instruction or waiting for somebody to get back to me or waiting for approval or something, I can just work on writing or whatever. I would love something like that. That would be ideal. I don't care how mind-numbing data entry is. It can't be any worse than... Uh, fuck. I, I did work a job this month, actually. Um, I I got employed for a day via a temp agency. They were looking for warehouse workers. And I, I, I gave them my resume. And it was funny. They, they, they read my resume and they were like... Dude, it says on here you're a writer and, like, a video editor and a graphic designer and you're really well-educated. Like, 
are you sure this is what you want to be doing? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking for anything, man. Because video, nobody wants to hire a graphic designer and video editor. At least, at least not a legitimate business or the ones that I'm applying to aren't getting back to me. So I'm doing my best. I apply to every video editor and graphic designer job I see, but nobody wants to hire me. Uh, so I'm like, warehouse work it is because I got to do something, right? And uh, I don't consider myself above any kind of work. I mean, it's people need warehouse workers and it's shit that needs to get done. So I'm quite happy to do it. As long as it's not too physically strenuous, which the job I went on was. That really fucking sucked. I showed up. I showed up for that shift, and uh, it was awkward at the beginning because like nobody wanted to make all the wor warehouse workers that were there. Nobody, everyone was hesitant to like make eye contact with me. I was trying to be friendly and like, and English wasn't their first language I think for most of them and so there's a bit of a language barrier there and my job for the day was to basically unload an entire shipping container full of like industrial bags of like chickpeas and lentils and stuff and uh which doesn't sound too bad but when you've when you've lifted like 700 bags at the end of the day you're fucking you can feel that in your lower back man my, my for a few days after that my back was fucking killing me i could barely stand up i was just like fuck dude it's it's humbling you know that kind of work where it's like god damn this is a real job you know or like this is this is like when people say i think the term is misused but when people typically say real job that's what they mean you know something that's physically fucking intense and sometimes for a lot of people that's the only avenue for work that they have and it's terrible you know but someone's got to do that shit because it's not we're not at a point where that kind of stuff can be automated by machines that time will come probably but not for a while still Yeah, it's humbling. Why wouldn't it be? I mean, it's... it's, Yeah, it's peasant work, basically. But, I mean, I don't consider myself above that. I mean, I'm looking for work. I got to do something. It's a job that needs doing. So, the only thing I didn't like about it was just how fucking physically strenuous it was. And I can't do that shit every day. Not without blowing my back out fucking sucks dude I was stacking pallets all day and they have to be stacked in a very particular way so it's like seven bags per layer and you have to alternate the layout of each layer so you know that it's exactly seven per layer and it's 80 bags per pallet and uh, I would I would load up a pallet and then that would be the guy would bring a forklift over lift the pallet out and then just bring another pallet in and then I would just immediately get to work stacking that one and that was all day from 9 to 5 and I was like fuck man people do this shit every day you know it sucks ass and it's it's just a reminder it's a kick in the ass you know it's like you know what I'm bitching about like having to stay at home you know being funded via Patreon working on my show but 
And it is hard work creatively, but it beats the hell out of unloading shipping containers. That's for goddamn sure. You know? And, you know, yeah, nobody considers YouTube a real job. If you're if you make a living on YouTube or Patreon, you're just fucking around. It's not a real job. You're just a baby playing at home with his toys like me. Uh, anyway, so I hope I don't have to do any shifts like that anymore. What I'm hoping is uh, still doing temp work, but data entry instead. So just using Microsoft Excel, Microsoft Word. The office suite, basically. And I can do all that. Yeah, I had to... I had to take these annoying Excel assessment tests. They're so fucking boring. <laughs> but it's just to make sure you know how to use Excel. And luckily, I have a programming slash... Or somewhat of a game dev background. So I understand... I understand computer programming and logic. I understand the fundamentals. I know what object-oriented programming is. I know how formulas work i know what if statements are and how i know how formulas work in excel and i can do pretty much anything in excel that would be asked of me so the only reason i haven't had any office experience is because no one will fucking hire me because most people would rather hire chicks for like office and hr work for some reason you know i don't know what it is about a man applying to an hr position that's frowned upon I guess if if you're going to hire staff as a buffer between the business and the customers, then people are inclined to hire women because there's, I guess, a higher chance that female receptionists and HR workers are going to be more empathetic and welcoming in a way that a man won't, I suppose. I don't fucking know. It's weird. It's, it, but it, it's frustrating, you know, because I've spent years applying to office jobs and no one wants to take the chance to hire me. And they most of them want people with like at least a year of office experience. And I'm just like, how am I supposed to get experience if nobody's going to fucking hire me? It just sucks. I mean, I got to start somewhere. Someone's got to give me a chance. And then if I can just get that one shot and stick around there for a while, I can then use that experience to get other jobs. But man, it's it's hard to get over that initial hump. Typically, men are seen as aggressive, and I won't lie, John, you're pretty aggressive on your rants, so you might get a bit frustrated. Of course, that's just my opinion. Of course, this is my this is a podcast. This is different. This is an HR. I know how to put on an HR face. I know how to put on a receptionist face. I know how to I know how to control my temper in an environment outside of my podcast. I know I know I'm not ignorant to social cues. I know how to control my emotions. I'm not going to be like this in any environment. This is my podcast. Of course I'm going to be bombastic and aggressive because it's funny. There he goes, blowing up again. You're goddamn right. <laughs> I'm not actually mad anyway. I'm having a good time. I enjoy the frustration. 
the frustration is real, but it's like hyperbole, and I enjoy channeling it through my body. It's 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 cathartic, you know. Anyway, fuck. Let's move on here. Captain Desi says that sounds like a really sketchy interview. Yeah, you're goddamn right. It was. God, I hated that interview. That guy was such a douche. That was another thing too about like the that interview that I was talking about where I was ha- where I had to make the image in Photoshop. The assets that I was given to work with were all like vanity photographs of the boss, like the guy who wasn't there who I would be working for if I had gotten the job. And it was all like vanity shots of him with like a dress shirt and a big fancy watch and he's posing like he's like it's for the cover of a boy band album, you know. Where he's just kind of like looking off to one side or like hands on his hips like that. And then there's one where he's like in his in front of an expensive looking house in a swimming pool. And he's in the pool with like one hand outside the pool. Like he's just kind of like lounging at the side of the pool with one arm resting up on the side of the pool like this. And he's got his laptop there. So it's like it's like a photo of him in his pool working on his laptop. And it's just so douchey because it's like it's like look at me. I'm in my pool working on my laptop at the same time. It's like, I know how to work hard and play hard at the same time. And it's like, oh, fuck. Get over yourself. This is the guy I'd be working for. Like, I don't want to do this. Damn it. Fuck this guy. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um. Anyway, this the the whole interview process has been really enlightening, you know, because it's just like it's just a reminder of how of what everyone's objective is, you know, and everyone's just trying to get money. That's what I'm trying to do, but I like to think that I'm I'm making something that people really value. There's not a lot of people on YouTube doing what I'm doing, you know making long-form cinematic content with a focus on screenplays. That's not most YouTube channels. Most YouTube channels are like that guy, where they're just shitting out a video a day, just cater... Their objective Their objective is satisfying the YouTube algorithm, not their own creative drives. You know what I mean? It's like... Like everyone's... Sh- like... <laughs> What a YouTube video typically is just a guy, a single shot of a guy in front of his webcam ranting about something like, like a cunt, like I'm doing right now. I'm being a huge cunt right now, ranting like a cunt. And then this is a YouTube video, but at least I'm also doing like the writing thing where I'll, I'll, I'll work really hard on finalizing a script that's solid, and then I'll I'll shoot that as carefully as I can and as cinematically as I can. And make like a product that will stand withstand the test of time, you know, because like the 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 one shot YouTube video things like they're fine, but it's like you watch them once and that's it, never to be seen again, at least not by the same person, you know. So they're just they're very disposable by nature. It's not something that you can. I guess it depends on the comedic value of the content. If it's really funny, you can rewatch it, but. Uh, <laughs> I I want more long-form cinematic content from YouTube, you know? Anyway, whatever. 
I like to think that I'm contributing something valuable. I think I am. And I, I do find immense creative satisfaction in what I do. More satisfaction than any job I've ever taken. You know? As that, that, that was the real eye-opener for me. It's like, I feel like I got a shit hand here, like being kind of stuck at home. But then, as I'm doing interviews, I'm realizing, like, I've got it really good. You know? And I'm taking it for granted, and I shouldn't be. And I realized, it's like, you're going to be miserable no matter where you are. <laughs> no matter how well you're doing. Even if you have all the money in the world you're still going to be fucking miserable because there's no cure for life. You know? That's the key to life. It's understanding that it's a big pile of shit and you're going to be a miserable turd no matter what. And you just got to you just got to laugh at the absurd bleakness of it, you know? The fact that we're all going to inevitably die, the fact that we're all deteriorating as we speak. You just got to laugh at it. Ah, fuck. I don't know. I don't fucking know. What do I know? I'm just some ignorant fucking asshole shouting into a microphone in an empty, depressing room. But that's the thing, you know? Every job, any job that you can hope to get, it's the same thing. It's you sitting in a room doing something, you know? Maybe it's mindless data entry, or maybe it's something creatively satisfying like this, where I can have I can do this podcast and actually have fun talking to you guys, or if I'm working on the show, you know? But no matter what job you're working, you're always in a room doing something, or maybe you're outside doing something. You're outside... You, you still go to a building to do a thing and then you go home to your home building and you sit in a room and do things. That's all life is. It's a series of rooms where you go in and sit down and tap computer keys or fucking... What the fuck am I talking about? I don't even know. I think my, what I'm trying to get at is that the grass always seems greener on the other side, but in reality, the grass is all the fucking same. You know? Maybe that's my point. I don't know. It wasn't very well made, whatever it is. <laughs> Maybe there's something, some some nugget of value you can extract from that. I don't fucking know. Anyway. Let's move on here. Uh... <clears throat> Vanderick says John flexing on the caters, Graham. Flexing on the caters. Oh, because I was shitting on those that interview guy. They weren't even a catering business. They were flexing way the fuck more than I was, so I don't feel bad about flexing. They were acting like they were such hot shots. All these guys who come fresh out of school, like, they all think they're the next fucking Steve Jobs, you know? 
Yeah, whatever. Captain Desi says, re-Google it, lol. This is meme material. Yeah. Re-Google it. It's fucking ridiculous. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and get, expecting a different result? If I type the same thing into Google, it's not going to give me a different answer. It's so fucking dumb. Thanks, dude. Dice says, John, don't let the toys touch the lighter. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll make sure they don't. Thanks, Dice. I'll keep an eye on them. Ethan McGregor says, today's interview strategy will be trial by blood. Yeah, that shit was fucking dumb. I was getting a real competitive vibe from that. What is this? The fucking Hunger Games? Like, it's just a graphic design position. Why Why can't you just... Ah, oh, fuck. I mean, I get not wanting people to submit an example of your work from home because you can just pull anything off Google, right? And plagiarize it. So they want to see you make it on the spot there. But what's is there really a need to have a group of people in there and all competing against each other in the same instance? Like... Why can't you just have people design graphics independently and then pick the one you like the best? What's with this competitive bloodbath atmosphere? It's stupid. It's like the fucking Joker in that scene in The Dark Knight where he snaps the pool cue in half and he he throws the sharper uh, broken half down to the two guys. He says, make it fast. Whoever lives gets the job. It's fucking dumb. Not in that movie, but just like... That's... In this context, it's stupid. Um, Kenny Under the Mat says, Scream Quee Pro as loud as you can. Why is it you in particular that always has these weird demands? Like I gotta say something out loud. What the fuck does that even mean? Is this like an inside joke for you and your friends? Huh, <laughs> he said it, and only we get it. That's hilarious. Qui pro. Qui pro. Is there something in there that I'm overlooking? That doesn't mean anything, does it? I don't know. Anyway, I'm just fucking around, Kenny. Thank you. Appreciate your support, man. Slendy says, what are your opinions on Jake Lloyd? <laughs> Ha ha ha, because I look like him, right? Ha 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 ha. This is me genuinely laughing. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> uh, I gotta pee again so bad. Let me pee, guys. I gotta. I'm gonna take a break and uh, we'll be back. I can't believe we're still doing fucking super chats. Let me go pee and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes, okay? Burb, guys. Burb. Burb right back. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry, I was doing the the crab rave dance. 
I just can't get over machinima dissolving. Just dancing in the bathroom. Uh, where were we? Fuck my cock. Let's uh, finish off these goddamn super chats. <clears throat> you, you motherfuckers. Alright, you got me that time. Yeah, the no sound thing. You got me. I know you could fucking hear me. Fuck you, no sound. Um... All right. Uh, Tan Squid says, Hey, Job, keep fighting the good fight. Never give in to threats. Never bite the foam. Thanks, Tan Squid. Appreciate it, man. I'll keep fighting. Mr. Shinma says, Re-Google yourself, Job. <laughs> Re-Google it. That should be a meme. Oh, there's so many fucking super chats. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I really appreciate this, guys. Thanks. It's just there's so much to get through. But I got to do it. People paid money for these. I got to address them all. Um, sir, I was supposed to get work done tonight. Fuck's sake. How long have we been going now? Almost four hours. Who else does a four-hour podcast? Rogan barely does that. This is hours and hours of quality entertainment right here. Who am I kidding? This podcast is dog shit. This is officially, this might be the worst podcast ever made. You're listening to See Me After Class podcast. The worst podcast ever made in the history of humanity. You guys can hear my voice. Fuck off. Buttholes. All right. Sir Galahad, how do you feel about Machinima shutting down? I went over that already. I'll put the podcast up later and you can listen to that later. Um, I mean, I, I said that if I thought of anything else to say, I would say it. But I think I've said everything that needs to be said. What else is there to say? They suck. And now they're gone because they suck so fucking hard. What a surprise. You know? They had no idea... Warner Brothers bought the thing thinking they had bought like a potential gold mine because they saw gaming as like an untapped market, I guess, and from their perspective. But like they had no idea which direction to take it because they don't understand what machinima is. They don't understand the history of it. 
because it is actually it does actually refer to an art form it's not just a word it's not just a goofy fucking company name it was actually a name for an art form and then that company took it and they're such pieces of shit that they tainted that that label forever now now that the name of the medium is synonymous with that asshole company you know Did the stream really crash? Okay, stop fucking with me. Is the stream fine or not? If there is, I'll, I'll try and fix it. Because this is just slowing shit down now. Testing, one, two. Yes, I can see my audio. Yes, it's fine. You fucking assholes. That's actually pissing me off now, so stop it. Or I'm going to... Beat your ass. Uh, okay, where were we? Hey, John. Uh, Dice says, Hey, John, do me a favor and put the latest uploads first, for God's sake, on your YouTube channel homepage. The latest uploads first on your YouTube channel homepage. Now, what the fuck is the problem? I mean... It's the my layout of my channel is really simple. The first thing you see is RB and the Chief complete seasons, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, two's probably not visible yet, but that's because I don't think we've gotten to two yet. But they're coming. So, what's the problem? Why don't you just go to the videos page? Then you'll see my latest uploads. They're all organized by date. Oh, is it a pain in the ass for to do one extra click? Come on. Give me a fucking break. Thanks, Dice. <laughs> <clears throat> Chevy Cruz says, Regoogle yourself, Mr. Shinma. General Motors owns job now. General Motors makes Chad cars. What can I say? Thanks, dude. Paul Kratke says, Hey, John, I want I wanted to know your thoughts on vaping. Uh, I used to vape. I used to be one of those guys. I, I used to smoke cigarettes. And then I went on to vaping because I wanted to stop smoking cigarettes. And then I weaned myself off the vaping eventually. Which wasn't hard. Uh, say what you want about vaping. How it's douchey and could potentially be hazardous to your health long term because... Only because there hasn't been enough research done on the subject. But what I what I can say about vaping is that it's a good m method of quitting smoking cigarettes. You know, if 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 you if you haven't smoked cigarettes and you've got no reason to vape, I would just avoid it. I mean, I get the whole appeal of like dank clouds and shit, and like, and the it it is fun to a degree, you know. And the nicotine does something to help you focus and relieve stress, but I don't you should just avoid it if you can. It's cool, but it's not that cool. Anyway. Thanks, Paul. Sit in the dark films limited <laughs> says 
John, any word on the auditions if no one's asked already? By the way, I grew up watching your content and it's always brought lots of laughs. Thank you. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't really gotten to the auditions yet. I've got over 100 auditions to listen to. I'm overwhelmed with fucking auditions and I've got to listen to them all. And I will get to them. What I've been doing is just doing absolutely everything else I can in regard to the production of episode 13 like live action recording and sound mixing and balancing and uh, editing the music and uh, sound design and uh, recording gameplay, which I was supposed to do tonight, but maybe I'll just do that tomorrow because it's getting late. Um, but once I've done everything I possibly can on episode 13, then I'll get to the auditions and I'll take, I'll take a day to listen to them all. And then I'll get back to whoever I think is the best candidate. So um, I really appreciate everybody's contributions, by the way. if Rest assured, if you sent me a submission, I have it. I've marked it. I flagged it. And I will listen to it. And everyone who has sent me something, I will listen to it. And uh, if I like you, I'll get back to you. So I'm sorry it's taken me so long, but uh, I really, I am really blown away by the amount of people who have contributed auditions who are willing to help me make the show, and uh, it's it's been great. I wasn't expecting that kind of uh, that kind of response. It's the auditions for the character of Adam in season eight, who was introduced in season six. I'm bringing him back now in season eight. The original voice actor was Kale Anonymous, and he bailed out. And so I need another actor to play that role. And it was really upsetting to me when he bailed, but there's nothing I can do about it, and it's his choice. I still respect the guy. And uh, I, I need I need an actor for that character. So I'm looking for somebody who can do Adam's voice. You know? So... I will get to them. I'm just I've I'm I've been busy. I've got I've got the auditions to listen to. I've got the live act I've got the live action to shoot still, but I'm I'm like 99% done. I just need to shoot one more thing. And then I've got some gameplay to shoot, but I'm almost done that. I've got the sound mixing and this podcast. I've got to fucking cut this and upload it. Um I've got to add more merch to the store. I've got to, fuck, what else do I have to do? I have to update my website with all the new uploads because I'm re-uploading up seasons one and two. And that's just the show. Like, I've got interviews lined up. I've got more applications to send out. I've got a lot on my mind right now, and but I will get to it, okay? I'll get to it. I appreciate your patience, everyone. Um, All right, let's move on here. God, we're going to be here all fucking night. Um, by the way, I grew up watching your content, and it's always brought lots of laughs. Thank you. Hey, Sit in the Dark Films Limited. Thank you for that, man. I'm glad you like it. Mr. Shinma says, re-Google your life, Chevy Cruz, job, get a John. <laughs> re-Google your life, Chevy Cruz, job, get a John. I don't even know how that became a meme. Job instead of John. 
Why is that funny? Is it because YouTube isn't a real job? That's why it's funny to call me job instead of John. Anyway, Mr. Shinma also says, watch Endgame with us, please. Yeah, I'll do a commentary on Endgame. That's another day, though. Not tonight. Thanks, dude. Sonic Head K240 says, way to post the dead photo of Scott still crying. <laughs> oh, shit. That was funny. That scene still makes me crack up, man. That shit was hilarious. And the Scott Loveheart thing, where he shoots himself in the head, and he's shooting the gun, and he shoots himself in the leg. Fuck, man. that's I'd fucking laugh my ass off. I don't care if it's me and it's something I made. Yeah, I laugh at my own jokes. So what? It's fucking funny. Anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks, Sonic Head. Luke Crane says, In my last year of my 20s, I know it's an arbitrary number, but it's still spazzing me. How did you handle it, man? In my last year of my 20s. How did I handle it? What, like the, the idea of turning 30? I don't know, man. It's not the end of the world. I mean, I, I expect to have a crisis when I turn 40. 30 is an all right number. It's a bit of a flag, you know? Where you're just like, fuck, man. Like, I'm 30 now. In double the time, I'll be 60. I'll be an old man. I might not even make it to 60. I might be dead before then. Because plenty of people have died at 50. Like, I could be past the halfway point. It's like, fuck, dude. But at least I can die knowing that I made a cool show that people liked, you know? Not everyone can say that. Anyway, whatever. Thanks, Luke Crane. Don't don't spaz, dude. Just whatever. Everyone gets old. No point worrying about it. It's inevitable. Canadian Chief 55 says, Good to see you streaming again, John. I love listening to your podcasts and hearing what you've got to say. Keep up the great work. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. That's really nice. Captain Desi says, depression is a bitch. I live with it and fight it every day. Sometimes I have to pretend to be happy for the sake of others. I hate it. Hey, it's, it's good that you're at least willing to do that. It's a good way of dealing with it. Just smile anyway. If you smile hard enough. If you smile enough, you might actually... Uh, it's kind of like that thing, you know, fake it till you make it. Or it's like if you are, if you feel you aren't a particular way, but in spite of the fact you act as if you are that way, then you might actually become that way in the process of doing it, you know? It's like, it's kind of like believing your own bullshit, but you're not really bullshitting yourself. You actually do become the thing. That's hard to describe. Hey, hang in there, man. I deal with it, too. It's not fucking easy. I know how fucking hard it is. All right. Thanks, Captain Desi. Matthew Green says, Sup, John. Did you get my drawing of Alex Jones boning the globalist? <laughs> oh, so that's you. I was on the toilet, and I saw 
your email and I saw that it had this huge fucking, there was no text on the email and it was just this giant 10 megabyte image. And uh, I was like, is this a fucking virus? Oh, okay, I see. I'm looking at it now. <laughs> That's great. I'll show it to you guys. Hang on. Where the fuck is OBS? I'm Alex Jones, and I approve. I approve. What the fuck? This message. He's got a Pepe shirt there. He's got a really bushy scrotum. Anyway, well done, Matthew. Appreciate that. <sighs> Thanks a lot, Matthew. Mag Charger XD says, do you know about Z Game Editor Visualizer in VL in FL? FL Studio? Game Editor Visualizer. No, I don't think I'm familiar. What does that do? Sounds cool. I'm curious how a some kind of what sounds like a game editor, some kind of video game related plugin, how that works in the context of a of a musical sequencer. Sounds cool. Thanks, Mag Charger. Uh, Paul Rat says, have you thought about doing more Bytes episodes to keep a steady stream of videos between episodes? Of course I have, dude. But uh, that shit takes time. I mean, I know those, those Bytes episodes seem like throwaway episodes, but those are a lot of work. And that's, it's all that's all time that could be spent doing the main episodes instead, you know? Um, and I would rather just focus on one thing. I mean, if I, if I felt really inspired to do a bites episode, I would do it. But to be perfectly honest, I am not, I'm not really creatively motivated to do the bites right now. I mean, maybe in the future when I'm not when I don't have this the main storyline on my mind so heavily, I would just rather not focus on that right now because it's just too much of a distraction. It's too much work, and I only say it's too much work because the main show is enough work already. It's not, not that I'm work shy. I'm working, just not on the bites. That's all. Anyway. Uh, I have thought about doing some kind of supplementary show, though, that's not Arby and the Chief. Because it's just the fact that it's, it's like, it's dialogue that I have to spend time writing. I mean, it's a, it's a script that I have to write for that. And that's, I have to think carefully about how that's shot. And there, there needs to be quality maintained where there's like a visual gag and a punchline at the end of each one and... Those are hard to come up with. But I have thought about for a more supplementary thing to do like in between main episodes, some kind of like, you know, movie or game review thing or something where I just, it's me talking, but then I intercut it with like footage from something that I'm talking about. Kind of like it's just a standard YouTuber kind of series where, I mean, the problem is like, 
I'm I'm reluctant to do that because then I'll have a bunch of people calling me out for like trying to covertly become a regular YouTuber instead of a of a cinematic content creator. And it's and it also how do you do something like that without coming off as a poor imitation of video game donkey or red letter media, you know what I mean? Where it's just like I'm doing that thing again. But I want to do something like that where it's unique to me. You know, where it's just like me and my regular voice, just like, like, you know how like I wrote that Gillette ad thing, that piece on the Gillette ad that I wrote out? Like, if I, like, if I take writing like that, that I do on certain subjects, and I turn that into a video. Like, imagine if that Gillette paragraph thing was a video where it was me intercut with me talking in front of the camera and intercut that with like footage from the Gillette commercial or like other stuff that just like gag stills or you know uh like clips taken from other stuff to like give comedic weight to like a joke I'm trying to make I don't know something like that like chemotherapy yeah yeah something like that except chemotherapy play was a little bit creepy you know like that me wearing that mask thing I think that just rubbed people the wrong way you know where uh, ah, fuck, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people told me it was fine and I should keep doing that. But I, I would rather do a show like that where it's just me being me, you know? Because it can still be funny just because I'm not playing a character. Like, I can still be me and make something funny, I think. Because I think I'm a, I'm a, I can write something that's funny, you know? The, the writing is the key. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what, what face mask I'm wearing. I don't want to make, I don't want to wear a mask. I just want to be me and talk about shit. Like, what I have lined up is uh, I want to do, like, a. I have a couple ideas for videos like that. I want to do a Sonic the Hedgehog retrospective, which I know a bunch of YouTubers have done that already, but I want to make... it's. I want to make the John Graham version of that. You know what I mean? Because it's something I actually care about, and I would research it, and I think I could write something that's really funny. Like, kind of like how... The, the Plinkett Phantom Menace thing. Something like that, but, you know, on the Sonic the Hedgehog series. But I don't, I don't want to, like, pour, I don't want to emulate Plinkett or Video Game Donkey, you know? I don't want it to come off as that. I want to just do something that's uniquely me. It's just me being me. But I, I just, I don't want to deal with the wave of criticism where everyone's just like, this isn't Arby and the Chief, what are you doing? Like, just focus on Arby and the Chief, don't do this. Just do the other thing. Do the thing you're... Do the thing everyone's pigeonholed you into doing. Just do that thing forever. Do Arby and the Chief forever. Not this crap. Don't don't try to be a regular YouTuber now. It's like, oh, you started crowdfunding for Arby and the Chief, but now you're going to do this other thing? Like, fuck you. I don't want to deal with that. It makes me feel horrible reading shit like that. I've done that shit before. And it's just such... It's so fucking, like disheartening you know it's like okay i'll do i'll be the chief sorry <laughs> even though it's like something i would actually be excited to make anyway a sonic retrospective i would like to do and then i have a i want to do a film review of independence day resurgence which is one of the funniest fucking movies i've ever seen in my life and i feel like i could make a really funny video on that 
so that's something I would like to do. But uh, I don't know if everyone would be on board with that. I think most people just want me to make movies with toys forever. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I'll look into it. If people are on board and they're not going to be too sore about it, then I'd be quite happy to do something like that. You care way too much about what other people think. That's true. I really, I got to block that shit out. Not all of it. I mean, there's, I've, I received a lot of perfectly valid criticism, but criticism in general makes me feel bad. I can't help it. You know, I'm a sensitive dude. There's a cost to being a creative type. You know, there's a reason people say creative sensitive types. It's, they go hand in hand. I wish I could deal with criticism better. I try to. I mean, I might feel like shit, but I usually won't take it out on the person. Not unless I think the criticism is bullshit or completely unsubstantial. Then I'll be like, I'll call the person out and be like, come on, man, really? It sounds like you're just attacking me. You're not really, you're not giving me any constructive notes on the work. It just seems like you're out to get me. It's like, why? I don't understand. Anyway, fuck. So those those are the ideas I have. I might do something like that. We'll see. And uh, I I'm not against doing bites in the future. By the way, like if the show ends, this, like I done I'm done the main story. I might want to come back to Arby and the Chief as characters because I do actually like writing for those characters. But I just don't want to do the bites and the show at the same time anymore. I want to do one thing at a time. Anyway, fuck. Let's move on here. We got a, still got a lot of chats to get through. Um, Pole Rat. Oh, sorry. That's the one I did. Thanks, Pole Rat. Poglins for Life says, Favorite song you've composed? I like the Chaos Theosis remix. Huh. You know, it's funny. Like, uh, I've had a bunch of people say that the original Chaos Theosis one is the better one. And I think I agree with them. There's a particular instrument I used in that one that works better. But there's parts of the remix that I like better. But uh, in the show so far, I've always used the original one. Um, my favorite song I c I've composed, I think Remember Me is really good. It's one of my faves. Uh, Ride With Me. You can see, th you can listen to all these on SoundCloud, by the way. Yeah, those are a couple of my favorites. I can't remember the rest. Oh, yeah, and uh, in terms of, like, an action song, um, I Can't Let Him Live. I've there's a, there's a reason I named it that, I gave it that name. There's a particular story beat in Season 8 that I plan to use that track for, and I'm, it's a while down the road yet, but uh, like I said, I have this whole story outlined in very broad strokes, and I know where it's all going, so... I'm not just making this up episode to episode. There's there's a there's a track here that's been established in long term that I'm following. So anyway. Stop spoiling. Okay, sorry. To hell with it. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Um, all right, let's move on here. Thanks, Poglins. 
Davis says, when will the next episode of Arbing the Chief be fully up on YouTube? Sorry if this is spelled wrong. I'm half drunk. Anyway, thanks for the show and good times. I'm aiming for this month, but it probably will be this month. I just can't say for certain because I don't know how busy seeking other employment is going to keep me. Like, um, if I secure a position in the coming weeks, then um, that might be a big time distraction. Um, but I, I am I'm using all the time that I have to work on the show right now, and I want to get it done this month. So we'll see. Um, Giga says, you smell ugly. I smell ugly, but also I love you. Plucks don't yell at me. This is my food money, and I don't know how this donation went through. Please help. <laughs> Thank you for your food money. God, the way you phrase this, some of you guys, giving me your food money. I know, all fun, all money is food money, but it seems like you're giving me the last of what you have. You shouldn't do that. Don't give me money if you don't have it. I really appreciate it, though, Giga. Thank you. Kenny under the mat says, John, Nazi supporter, and Foam not biter, Graham. <laughs> That's me. White power. Tobias Edwardson says, pulmonary angiography is a lung surgery performed with a catheter pushed through the heart chamber into the capillaries. I'm awake during this, by the way. Fuck my life. I get a delicious dose of morphine, though. Haha. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. That sucks. I wouldn't want to be awake for that shit. I'm nervous enough just getting an endoscopy. That's nothing compared to that shit. I don't envy you, man. Best of luck. I hope, uh, I hope you get through it all right. It sounds rough. Thank you, Tobias. Tan Squid says, got a bounce job. Keep doing the Lord's work out there. I'm sorry. I probably missed you. Shout out to my fellow Goyam in chat. <laughs> Thanks, Tan Squid, if you're still there. Really appreciate it, man. Bill Wilson says, tell me about Bane. Why does he wear the mask? Ah, uh, yes. <clears throat> Nobody cared who I was until I put on the mask. If I took off the mask, it would be extremely painful for you. Thanks, buddy. Donald Trump says socialism is the axe body spray of political ideologies. <laughs> what are you talking about? Socialism is beast. Beastism. The goal of socialism is communism, my friend. If you do not like socialism, you lack empathy. You are not human. You are not human being. Cap capitalist swine. <laughs> Thanks, Donald Trump. I love you, buddy. A hand for Donald Trump, everybody. 
Bill Wilson says, have you heard of Dick Masterson and his Patreon alternative he's been making? Get the fuck out of here. Dick Masterson is making a Patreon alternative? How's he doing that? Is it actually a crowdfunding platform or is is it just like a cryptocurrency? Because I know what Peterson and the IDW is doing is they're making a, a platform. It may be cryptocurrency based. It may be based on a blockchain, but it's it's a platform for crowd support, and it's not just a cur- a cryptocurrency. It's not like Dogecoin, you know, where I just make up my own dollars, like John Graham cuck bucks, you know. I, I mean, I could probably do that, but I don't want to. I don't want my own currency. That's I don't want to think about that. I don't want to have... That's not something I want to have to deal with. Is If he's actually making an alternative uh, platform, that's cool. I love Dick Masterson. He's great. I used to... I don't listen to his podcast much lately, but I used to. I used to listen to every episode when they would each come out. And I was there... I listened to Biggest Problem in the Universe with him and Maddox since J1. Day 1. J1? Why did I say that? Um, I like Dick. I love Dick. <laughs> I'll look into that. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, that's interesting. Thanks, Bill. Brent Music says, I started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm lately, and the comedy kind of reminds me of R.B. and the Chief as well as the music, of course. Well, Curb Your Enthusiasm was a huge inspiration for me. Because it was very different than the kind of televised comedy that was on at the time. Like, that was a real game changer, Curb Your Enthusiasm. And it was a big reason why I used that theme tune as the theme for Arby and the Chief. Because I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I'm like, I'm like, this is fucking funny. Like, and it's like, it's like real, it's, the performances are so authentic. It actually, the first time I saw it as a kid... I actually thought it was real. It didn't seem like a performance. Like, you know how Seinfeld is really funny? But it's it's obvious that it's a sitcom, that it's written, that it's staged. Curb Your Enthusiasm is really funny, but it felt real. And it was by the same guy, too, Larry David. And it's just so fascinating. And I was like, wow, I didn't know you could do comedy like that. That's really interesting. It's just so authentic. It felt so authentic, you know? Dick and Sargon aren't the best of buds right now. Is there a beef between them? That sucks. I like them both. Anyway, thanks, Brent. Tobias Edverson says, I am genuinely happy you enjoy my game. Your feedback really means a lot. I am about to move from the closed alpha to a public demo, but I've planned to drop a trailer first. I'll keep you posted. Dude, I'll totally share that on my Twitter, man. Uh, let me know when you've got a public demo and I'll, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I have a big following or anything, but I'd be happy to, to spread the word. Cause I think what you have there is really fucking cool. Tobias is making a game and, uh, he showed me, uh, he showed me his alpha footage or gameplay. He sent me a playable demo. And that was when I was making my polyfrost top down shooter that 
nothing came of it because I hit a wall with the enemy AI and I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm not a, I'm not a programmer. I can't do this shit. Um, but he, he showed me his, what he was working on as an example and it was really fucking cool. So I hope something comes of that, man. Thank you, Tobias, once again. And good luck with your surgery there. Devis says, have you ever listened to the Kill Stream? I would love to see you on Ralph's show. Kill Stream, I don't think so. It sounds vaguely familiar, but uh, I don't know. I don't recognize Ralph's name either. I'll look into it if I if I remember. Thanks, buddy. TechJunkie758 says, Cam Shuttersnap is the reason I'm in film school. <laughs> Can you believe that was that video was my cinematography final project? In terms of cinematography, that looks like shit. But it was deliberate, you know? I got an A for that, too. Because my professor was like, he got it, you know? He was just like, yeah, whatever. It's not good cinematography, but it's deliberately bad, and the writing was really funny, and that's what he wants to be as a comedic writer. So whatever, A+. Plus. I was like, great. And the whole class laughed. That was a real highlight. I remember a bunch of people wanted to be friends with me after that. Humor, man, it's a great icebreaker. You want people to like you, make them laugh. Everyone likes humor. Humor is one of the best things about life. So the, the fact that there's people who are alive who are humorless, it's such a waste. You know, it's like, come on, work on your sense of humor, man. You got to laugh at life, man. If you don't, if you can't laugh at life, you're fucked because life will fuck you. You got to laugh at it, man. If I put anything in life on a pedestal, it's comedy. You know, it's so important. John, you should get guests on your podcast. I volunteer. I'm too nervous to have guests on my podcast. I don't I don't feel that confident yet. For a while longer at least, I want to just keep doing this on my own. One day. Nobody wants to be on my podcast anyway. I'm not popular enough. I don't get I don't get the views. I don't get the big views. Fuck, I, I, I go on 4chan and I see people, or Reddit, it doesn't matter, but I see talking, I see people talking about YouTubers and how, like, if they get below 50,000 views on any particular video, it's like their channel is dying or like they're a cuck and they're a loser and like <laughs> their, their channel is basically dead. And I'm just like, fuck, man, I wish I had 50,000 views. Like if if that if less than fifty thousand if fifty thousand or less means a channel is dead, what does that make me? You know, I'm scraping by with like three four thousand views if I'm lucky on my podcast episodes. You know, does um is my channel dead? I don't have many views, but I've got a dedicated fan base who tune in who regularly tune into everything I've got to offer. You know. I don't fucking know. I bet old machinima makers like Lyle and Dex would totally want to talk to you. 
Yeah, I'd be happy to have him on too. I just, uh, I don't know if I feel confident enough to have guests on my show. I feel too insecure still to do that. Because like, who am I, you know? You want to be on my podcast? It's too many douchebags who do that. They think they're hot shit. It's like, why Why should I be go on your podcast? I don't want to be one of those guys. If I get a big audience one day, maybe one day, then I would consider having guests and maybe, I don't know. I don't want to let anyone just call in. No, I don't want to do that. Although I, I remember when Tom Green used to do that on, on his show. He used to, Tom Green used to have a show on network television where he would let random people call in and he would talk about 4chan and shit. Anyway, uh, thanks, Divis. Devis. Tech Junkie 758 says, Cam. Oh, sorry, I, I answered that one already. Thanks. Thanks, Divis, Aunt Devis, and Tech. Fuck, I can't fucking talk. I'm getting tired. Uh, supposed to get work done tonight. There's too many goddamn super chats. Admiral Icarus says, Would you recommend getting a Switch or PS4 job? I have the best of both worlds because I, I own a PS4, but my roommate owns a Switch. So I play shit on PS4, and I wa I've watched him play Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, which are such fucking good games. Holy shit. I got to play through Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey properly. Like, I've watched him play it. I played as the hat in Odyssey a few times. God, even playing as the hat is fun. You know? But I de definitely Breath of the Wild. I got I to gotta sit down and play through that properly. Um... All right, where are we? Um, in terms of getting a Switch versus PlayStation 4, uh, I don't know. It's really hard to say. I think it depends on the type of games you like playing. If you're more of like a Mario Zelda type of guy, or if you, if you like more multiplayer games, I guess uh, the Switch. Because with Switch, you've got Breath of the Wild, you got Odyssey, you got Smash Brothers. And that's not all either. There's like Diablo and shit. And uh, there's one called Starlink, I think it's called. That's supposed to be really good. And then there's a shitload of cool games on like the store that you can get. But on the other hand, PlayStation 4, you can play like Spider-Man, Resident Evil... Or like The Last of Us Part 2 when that comes out. Uh, or like, you know, all the all the AAA, super good graphics kind of games that the Switch doesn't have. Like, it's just de depends what you want to play, right? I'm, right now, I'm playing the shit out of Resident Evil 2 for PlayStation 4. I fucking love that game. It's so good. It's such a, it's a solid fucking game. 
and uh the, the big one i'm waiting for next is uh last of us part two i guess oh yeah and metro exodus i want to get that too i love survival horror like that's that's my shit i love survival horror games i want more of that do you guys hear about that whole controversy around uh metro exodus about uh it's a really interesting debate the whole epic versus steam thing and how it's like nobody wants to migrate over to a new launcher but maybe steam should have competition and shouldn't have a monopoly over the launcher market or you know what i mean like it's an interesting argument it's like i i don't really know which side i fall on to be honest but then, like, the Metro Exodus devs were, like, threatening to, like, not release their games on PC if people were going to boycott the... the. Cause what happened was that for the longest time, Metro Exodus was advertised on Steam over and over to be released on Steam. But then, like, weeks before it was supposed to come out, Epic Games is doing their launcher as a competitive or competitor to Steam. And they made a deal with the dev saying, hey, launch Metro Exodus on our platform instead. And they signed a deal with Epic Games. And you can buy Metro Exodus for like 10 bucks cheaper than you can get on Steam or whatever. I think it's I think it's also exclusive to the Epic Launcher for a certain amount of time as well. But it's raising this really in interesting debate of like c competitors, you know, with their own launchers. And I'm okay with a launcher as long as it's not a obtrusive piece of shit. Like it, like the Ubisoft one, I feel like that just gets in the way. Or like if like if you have to like sign into some secondary service to like play online, like Mass EA did with Mass Effect 3. Like how you're victim to their dog shit servers if you want to play the game. I don't know. Anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't think everyone wants me to talk about this because it's probably a tired conversation. And I realize it's not really it's the it's more so the Metro Exodus publishers and not the developers because I think the developers recently put out a message saying, "Hey, it wasn't us. Like we're not we're not threatening our player base and saying we're not going to develop for PC anymore if you boycott. Like that's the publishers doing that." It's Deep Silver or whatever. Jim Sterling made a good point about this. I'll look into that. Yeah, well, anyway, I, I bring it up because it was an interesting game-related thing that I forgot to mention. I was curious what you guys thought of that. Either way, like, I'm, I'm fucking stoked for that game. It looks awesome. Metro Exodus. The Metro games are, have really blown me away in the past. I'm, I played Metro Last Light. That was the first one I played. I was just fucking amazed at how immersive that world was. And how bleak it was. And how you're fighting for ev to keep every bullet. And how it all bullets also work as currency. It was really fucking cool. Anyway, that's another one I'm looking forward to. Anyway, let's, uh, let's move on here. Thanks, Admiral Icarus. Uh, Ethan McGregor says, 
Holy shit. <laughs> I'm here with your cut of my life savings, boss. I'll leave it by the door as always. Have a good day. Thanks, Ethan. Much appreciated, dude. Lone Star says, John, are you interested in Metroid Prime 4? Um, I'll be honest, Metroid Prime never really grabbed me. Like I never I had the I had Metroid Prime on GameCube, but I never finished it. It never compelled me to finish it. And I heard I don't know the details of this, but I heard the Nintendo was outsourcing the development of Metroid Prime 4 and they reached some stage of development where Nintendo had a look at it and they decided it wasn't good enough and they scrapped the whole thing and they're basically making the developers do the whole thing again. Which I was like, wow, they must have really screwed it up. And I think they're the, didn't, uh, they might have even done the original Metroid Prime as well. It's just like, how did they fuck that up? They should have had plenty of practice at this point. Anyway, I don't know. That's something I heard. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, thanks, Lone Star. Captain Desi says, You saying real job reminded me of the Psycho series by McJuggernuggets, <laughs> where Psycho Dad says, Get a real job. YouTube isn't a job. Yeah, it's kind of a meme, right? I mean, it is a job. Whether people want to think think it isn't or not, you know. It involves work. It's work, you know. It's it's a lot of setting up equipment, recording, video editing, uploading, metadata. Like, what makes that not a job as opposed to something like data entry where you're just sitting at a computer typing stuff into Excel spreadsheets? Like, how is that work and YouTube isn't? Like, it's the whole thing is stupid. But I get the joke. Like, it's funny how, like, oh, YouTube isn't a real job. If you're a YouTuber, you're a fucking loser. It doesn't it doesn't help that most people on YouTube are egotistical fucking nutcases. Like your Jake Pauls and all that. Or Logan Pauls. I don't know which is the retarded one. <laughs> Unless they're both retarded, I don't know. Anyway, uh thanks, Captain Desi. Lord Xanthar the alien says, Hey, John, just got back from work. When I asked the question, I meant your favorite Pokemon and not the game. Oh, okay. Uh, my favorite Pokemon is Gengar. Uh, P.S. Anyone got a Groundon and Latios I can borrow for a sec? I need it for my OR slash AS Pokedex. Yeah, I, I don't know the region names. Yeah, Gengar Gengar's my favorite Pokemon. He's cool. Ariana says, dude, yeah, go ahead with the supplementary content. Thank you, Ariana. It's nice to have encouragement on that. I would really like to make something like that. Um, Valium1488 <laughs> says, hey, Job, do you plan on getting PSN? Would love to play Red Dead 2 and Modern... MWR. What the fuck is MWR? MWR. What the fuck is that? I should know. What the fuck is MWR? I want to say Monster Hunter World, but that's probably not right. MWR. What would that be? Uh, 
Ah, fuck. I don't know. Modern Warfare Remastered. Oh, okay. Modern Warfare Returns. <laughs> like Batman. <clears throat> uh, it's funny how so many people are stoked for a remaster. It's like Resident Evil 2. Oh, man, it's not... Resident Evil 2 is like a complete overhaul. Re Modern Warfare Remastered is probably just going to be like updated graphics, right? But I don't blame them because that was a good fucking game. You know? Anyway. Uh, you don't want to play PSN with me. I'm barely on PlayStation Network. I'm actually never on PlayStation Network. If I am playing online, it's on Xbox Live. And it's only in very, very occasionally when people that I know locally, like in town, want to play with me because they have Xboxes with Red Dead. Like, I just play Red Dead on live. That's the only multiplayer I'm doing. Single player, I'm just playing Resident Evil 2 right now. That's it. Anyway, thanks, Valium. I appreciate it, man. Ariana says, just start the vid saying, what's up, gamers? How do you do, my fellow gamers? Like uh, Steve, Steve Buscemi, where he's like in the school with a backwards hat. He's got a skateboard over one shoulder, and he has that fucking shirt that says music band. <laughs> what is up, my fellow? Well, how do you do, my fellow kids? <laughs> Uh, what is up, YouTube? What is up, YouTube? It's your boy, John Graham, here with another video. Thanks, Ariana. Magcharger XD says, Z Game Editor is a mixer plugin. I don't know why I've never heard of that. A mixer plugin. So is it like a sound? Is it like a virtual synthetic instrument? So like you can make unique sounds with it, I guess, right? Like chip tune. If that's the case, that sounds fucking awesome. I'll look into that because I I want more of those. I use uh I use SQL and Synth One for uh, my music. Anything other than that is like pre-built in like FL Studio plugins that come with the software. I'll look into that. Thanks, man. Ethan McGregor says, This just in, the reason John is holding back the rest of Season 8 is because it's actually Toy Story 4. <laughs> I'm actually really excited for that movie. I love the Toy Story movies. Thanks, Ethan. Kiro says, John, I'm very sad-faced because I was eating a hamburger while watching your stream and I accidentally dropped it on the floor. Also, did you see the SFM pics I made for you? Oh, was that the the Kylie and Chief foot job one? <laughs> yes, I did see that. That was that was lovely. Thank you. Thank you for all the perverted SFM guys. Keep it coming. Don't actually don't bombard me with SFM, please. Captain Desi says thank you, Kiro, by the way. Captain Desi says, John, good luck with your surgery in March. I hope you recover and we see you again soon. I don't know if I will be getting surgery, but I will be getting an endoscopy in March. And I don't know when I, if I need surgery, I don't know when I would be getting the surgery. 
I mean, at the current rate, I'm guessing probably by the year fucking 3,000. I won't be booked in for surgery until then just because this shit takes so fucking long. Anyway, we'll see. Thanks, Desi. Hive Queen says, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Valium1488 says, oh, fuck, I'm getting a headache now, man. It's too many super chats. My head's actually hurting. Valium1488 says, hey, John, was the th my, th my head is actually throbbing. Hey, John, was the song Innocence Taken was based on the ending of Scarface? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Is that the track that I used in Season 7 in at the end of the episode Heat? Is that what you're, is that what you're talking about? Where Chief's sitting against the door and then there's the wide shot and then it cuts to black? If so, yes. That was basically the, the Scarface song. Which, the soundtrack in Scarface is fucking amazing. I love that shit. That movie is so dope. <clears throat> Thanks, Valium. Hey, John, just, I just turned 23, and I got home, and I'm glad to catch this, and I wanted to tell you I love you, and you've been a big part of my life, and also bring back hard justice, X-O-T-W-A-W-O-D, to my weekend, fam. Zotwad? What does that mean? <laughs> anyway, that's very nice of you. Thank you. That's a nice message. Wrecker, I recognize you. Thanks for all your support, man. Glad you like it, dude. Brent Music says, John, I'm making too much money to get work done, Graham. Plus, do, still do some filming tonight. Ah, uh, fuck. I don't know. I have to, if, if I'm going to, which is a big if, then I at least need to take a bit of a break because my head is killing me. But to be honest, I might not even do it. I might just do it tomorrow. Because this is, we've been going for so long now. This has been like a five-hour podcast. Yeah, just about five hours now. Anyway, thanks, Brent. Oh, we're actually at the end now. Holy shit. Thank God. Thank God I'm not getting money anymore. <laughs> Unkool-Aid26 says, Pizza and... Okay sign. Pizza time. Pizza time. Whoa! He stole that guy's pizza. <laughs> Thanks, Unkooled. Jason D says, Hey, John. What is your average BPM when you see a male toddler in nothing but a G-string? <laughs> For Christ's sake. I need to know for a science project on the sexual prowess of Halo machinima makers in their 30s. That's quite the science project there, man. Fuck, dude. <laughs> why does it have to be... Why does it have to be a toddler? I don't like all this implied perversion. 
Just because I'm a YouTuber, I'm a sick pervert. Get out of here. Good luck with your science project. Thanks, Jason. Tyler the Defiler <laughs> says, a guy, a guy I met at work is now my best friend, and it started with a conversation about how we both watched the hell out of RB and the Chief as kids. Also, any news on a new voice for Adam? I'm working on it. I've got a shitload of... I've got literally over 100 auditions to go through, and I will get to them. It's just I've had a lot on my plate, and I'm... I'm doing everything else with episode 13 that needs doing first. And then when the time comes where I have to do the listen to the auditions, I'll do that. I'm just I'm doing everything else and leaving plenty of time for people to bring their submissions in and then I'll start listening to them all. So even still, you know, if you're just hearing about this now and and you want to audition for the character, if you've got a microphone that's not a piece of shit, I have to emphasize that I I the the voice quality is important here. Like you if you're going to recording, I I don't want you to just record this over an Xbox Live microphone or over a cell phone, you know? Like you sh if you're going to audition, you should have a proper microphone. It can be USB, doesn't have to be XLR, doesn't have to be anything too fancy, just like a dedicated mic that sound that doesn't sound like complete shit. That's all. And uh, I actually was considering listening to the auditions live. Was Is that something you guys would be on board with? Or do you think like maybe that's violating the privacy of the people submitting the auditions? Like I don't have to reveal the names of the voice, the, vo the people doing the voices. It wouldn't be my intent to embarrass anybody. That's that's not what it's about. Like it would just, I think, it, I think there is value in, uh, fans of the show giving their input as to you know what an authentic portrayal of Adam would sound like maybe not just me you know I agree that it's too personal but again remember that I don't I don't have to reveal the names of whoever it is you know and let except for the person that we decide to go with right and I don't know I, I I don't people can let me lend me their thoughts on that over Twitter or whatever. I'll think about it. I don't I don't want anyone to like if it's going to upset people then I won't do it. But just know that it's not about putting anybody on the spot and I don't have to reveal anybody who doesn't want to be revealed or have their names revealed. Anyway. Set up a poll. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that. I think people here would make fun of them and some of the voice actors might actually be watching the podcast. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, if their names aren't called out, they might still feel bad because maybe they gave a performance that was they feel in hindsight was lackluster and then they don't want people laughing at them even though people don't know it's them specifically. Like even though their name isn't revealed, they might still feel embarrassed. Because people are like laughing at their names or their voices, I don't, I, and I don't want that. So maybe, maybe I won't do that. Maybe, maybe I'll just save it for me. And uh, I've been doing this kind of shit for so long. I went to film school, right? So like, I've 
I'm I'm good at look listening to this kind of shit like objectively. Like I'm not out to make fun of anybody. I just I just want to listen to f- f- for what I think is the best performance, right? Anyway. Uh let's just continue with the super chats here. There's a few more. So, thanks Tyler, the defiler. <laughs> Tobias Edwardson says, thank you so much for sharing and also for the kind wishes. I really need to go now. You in the chat, have a good night. Peace out, my man. Hey, you too, man. Good luck. Thanks so much for your support, dude. Ethan McGregor says, here, take mine. Thanks, man. And Wrecker says, thanks for remembering me. You made me blush. Sorry for more money. Also, did Scott die at the end of Endgame? The post-credit scene was wild. What was the post-credit scene of that? I don't even fucking remember. Did I do something? Is was Scott alive in the post-credit scene or something? I don't know. Hey, you never know. He might still be alive. He took us. He took such a long time to die. Um, all right. Uh, thanks, Wrecker. Magcharger XD says, last one, download TB Peach for chiptune. TB Peach. Okay, I'll make a note of that. I'll write that down now. TB Peach. And the other one was Z, Z Game Machine. Fuck, I can't even remember. I think that was it. Whatever, I'll just scroll up a little bit and look for it. Hang on. Z Game Editor. That was it. Okay. Uh, Ethan McGregor says, last, last one. <laughs> Thanks, Ethan. Captain Desi says, John, how did you clean up that mess in Endgame? Dude, it was me and Daniel cleaning that up. That was a fucking gong show. Soaking all that up. That was a, there was a lot of shit on the floor. And we had to like, we, we ruined so many towels soaking all that shit up. So how else do you get it up, you know? We should have had like a scraper or something. I don't know. Like, you know how you have, like, a brush and pan? Like, a pan to scrape all that up. I think we just soaked it up with fabric instead. Probably not the best idea. Did you already talk about your job interviews? That, yes, I did. It's earlier. Uh, I'll, I'll upload the podcast later. I've got a million fucking things to do, but I'll, I'll get to it. Lot Lots on my mind. And I think tomorrow tomorrow we'll do uh, gameplay because I'm really fucking tired and my head hurts. And the fact is I need energy to like do those gameplay scenes because that's like one scene can take like at least five hours. So let's let's just pick it up tomorrow, okay? I know some of you guys were hoping I would do it tonight, but there's just too much to get to tonight. Too much to talk about, too many chats. I got an in, I got an in interview tomorrow morning. Uh it's for a part-time job at a car dealership. They need like a 
They need an e they need an evening receptionist. So um I might get that. I don't know. Something to fall back on at least if the office temp wa work doesn't work out. Um Anyway, uh fuck, still more chats. Hang on. Thanks, Desi. Kiro says, "Will Chief make another Techno Dicks music video?" <laughs> We'll see. I don't know. I don't have any plans yet. Tyler the Defiler says, in Japanese accent, don't forget to smash that like button. Oh, I gotta say the Japanese accent. Don't forget to smash that like button. Button. <laughs> there you go. Japanese stereotype for you. All right. Should we call it a night? I am fucking white. But podcasting isn't work. How can you be tired? What do you mean you're tired after talking for five hours straight? That's so weird. Um, Christopher Mayan says, There's a certain test track you should v revisit. Which one is that? Oh, you talking about the techno dicks thing? There's actually a good melody in there, you know? You know when the melody gets crazy in the techno dicks song? It's like... Didn't quite go exactly like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought that was actually quite God. Quite good. Fuck. Can't even talk anymore. I'm so wiped. Uh, thanks, Chris. Mr. Shinma says, good night, John. Love you. Hey, thank you for all the super chats. I mean it. Uh, really appreciate all the support. Um, no, Like I said before, no Patreon, no Patreon supporters are getting charged this month. So, and I'm seeking, I'm seeking another gig. But uh, I'm taking a hit this month. So it really, uh, it's really going to come in handy. Thank you for all your support really appreciate it all right guys uh i even still had more things to talk about but uh fuck man too tired i'll t i'll talk more when we do we'll sh we'll i'll probably stream tomorrow uh and get some gameplay scenes done and i can talk about those things we missed the things whatever we didn't talk about today we can talk tomorrow while we're doing we're filming scenes for gameplay. All right, guys. Oh, for fuck's sake. Brent Music says, I feel like I can keep sending super chats and space them out in such a way to where it matches up with my paychecks and you never stop streaming. <laughs> I have to stop sometime. I need sleep, damn it. What time are you streaming tomorrow? I don't know. Not until after, f not until four o'clock at least. Sometime around four or after. I got shit to do in the morning. And I just, I don't like streaming in the morning. I'm not a morning guy. Anyway, you're welcome for the, for the stream. I'm sincerely happy you enjoyed it. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it wasn't just a chore. I hope you guys enjoyed yourselves and laughed and had fun. I hope you laughed. I hope you cried. 
I hope this podcast changed your life. All right, guys. Vanderick says, I love you, Job. I love you too, buddy. Thank you. Okay, guys. Thank you so much, and have a good night. Peace. Now, for fuck's sake, Warda says, Job, you're not allowed to go to bed. Do some real work. Quit playing with toys. I don't know. What if I don't want to? What if I want to play with toys forever? I want to go to bed, damn it. Or not, I'm not going to go to bed right away, but I just need to sit with a fucking coffee because my head hurts. You want me to be in pain? Is that it? You sadists. All right, guys. Peace.